There's a lot of goats out there. The whole goat thing is just spiraling out of control. This is it, boys. This is war. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem 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 When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance with this. Your patience is wearing thin. What name is given to the period that started with the end of the Second World War and ended with the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Mars? Uh, the Cold War? Right. And what do we call the period after the Cold War? The Great Recession. And what made this recession different from all other recessions before it, Jeannie? Uh, well, it never really ended. It just kept going. Why? Garth? I forget. Bridget? Class? Anyone? Harrison? I don't remember. It's all right. Go ahead. Well, in all previous recessions, once the economy bottomed out and production increased, unemployment decreased. Um, but in the Great Recession, because of new and improved technologies, uh, fewer and fewer workers were required in all sectors. Uh, with so many people forced from their jobs, the traditional economic recovery was impossible. Exactly. By the year 2018, only 15% of the population had jobs. America was divided into two camps, a highly skilled and educated prosperous elite and an unemployed, destitute majority. What happened next? Garth. Well, the people who didn't have jobs were very unhappy and they started making trouble. Like they'd bomb buildings and have riots and kill people and stuff. Right. And that was the beginning of what we now know as, class? The Second American Revolution. Right. And we'll stop there for today. Harrison, can you stay behind? Think you'll manage to graduate this time? Think you'll ever learn how to spell graduate? Keep moving, Morris. Your grades are starting to creep up again, Harrison. I know, I'm sorry, I, I can't help it. Do you want me to see Dr. Eisenstock again? Hmm, I think that would be best. It never ends. It's episode 140 of Behind the Schemes for February 20th, 2023. 2023. And keeping it going, this is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love.
And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast where Jim Jones uh, first started uh, asking for a little love. It's lavish. How's it going? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. Yeah, happy President's Day. President's Day, of course, uh, being based on George Washington's birthday. But uh, indeed is nowhere near it. And it just carries off to all presidents. So might as well just, just get them all. Under one uh, roof. One roof. One easy point to attack. <laughs> yes. One people. Ooh. One goat, one coup. Coo. That, that was a... Uh... <laughs> I like this boost ISO a lot. Coo. And just always in the background. Remember, there's a coup. <laughs> there's a coup in somebody's backyard tonight. If we uh, have a Bill Hicks boost, we might as well have it be meta as well. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, how you been? How's your mon- uh, How's your past week? Uh, week was good. Uh, how about yours? It was, uh, well, thank you for asking. I'm hurt, and I'm old, and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. Well, you literally do. I mean, you work at a school, right? So you work with fucking children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, no one, you know, envies that position. But uh, we got about 18 <laughs> inches of uh, snow coming. Over... Too bad that goat won't live to see it. I know. Well, <laughs> might, I might end up uh, bringing some snow in here to kind of hide the mess. A little snow melt uh, with the goat blood? Yeah, and maybe the, maybe the, the cold will uh, help help everything slow down when it comes to the decomposition process. Oh, you know, that's a good idea. We should just have a, a walk-in ice room, you know, throw some snow in there and then throw the goats in there. That way we can save them for later. Yeah, goats on ice. Goats on ice, the new Disney production. You know, we go through a lot of goats, so we this- don't really want to waste them. <laughs> It'll be a spectacle. Yeah. Maybe we can even, uh, you know, donate them. Okay, so what I'm seeing is Disney on Ice meets a puppet show meets Body Works. If you remember that, that was a traveling science show where they took cadavers, basically, and they gussied them up and, like, stripped all of their skin off so you could see through the human body and they'd pose them and do all this crazy shit. And they would do that on ice? No, 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 no. I'm saying we do that with goats on ice, but they're puppets. Yes, I like this idea. Yeah. No, but not the cadavers. Everybody's a puppet but the cadavers, which are real. (laughs) No, no, I mean, I guess what I was implying is we would turn the cadavers, the goat cadavers, into puppets. Hey. Hey, we need... hey, Hey, we're sitting here. We're trying to get a plan together. Heroism yeah. comes in here. He's ripping goats out of here with a forklift. We already had a. We were literally just discussing this. Yeah, we we're just looking at those goats. We needed it for reference. Well, that, I mean, thank you, but. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, someone else will have to kill a goat then. We need another goat. <laughs> There's a lot of goats out there. <laughs> this is true, Nick. It's very true. Uh, well, let's. Uh, we got a tarot card that we can crack into for tonight. 
my apologies, the uh, the Substack that we typically send out every Monday night when we go live is not wanting to post, and uh, I'm just going to probably have to investigate it at a later time. Uh, but we do have a tarot card. We do like to start this uh, this show off with a, a weekly draw. Tonight's tarot card comes from the Line Strider deck, and it is the reversed Queen of Cups. Mm, reverse Queen of Cups. And I feel like this card specifically must have meant something to the author. Uh, uh, hmm. Maybe you can help me with this pronunciation. It's S-I-O-L-O. S-I-O-L-O, Ciolo. Ciolo Thompson. Um, that's the uh, the Queen of Hearts is the image that they actually chose for the box art. Comes with a ah. kind of a beefy cardboard box. Uh, the deck comes in one, I should say. No, the, the Queen of Cups is a, a really good card, really positive card to get. So I could see why someone would want to bless their own deck with that as their cover. Let me uh, let me hit you with some keywords from the actual book of the upright meaning, and then we'll get into the reversed here in a second. Uh, from the book, the keywords are virtue, femininity, vision, spirituality, intuition, insight, nurturing, fertility, creativity, success, and power. Um, mm-hmm. In a reading, the Queen of Cups can manifest as a person in your life or as a part of yourself. She often appears as a mature woman. Her intuition is unri- uh, unrivaled. She is the force of water, and her connection to the unconscious is very strong. This card appears when your role is to nurture, empathize, and show compassion. Employ your calm intuition and ability to connect. Uh, mm. also, also a good omen for artistic achievements. Uh, now and in creative flow. Right, which I think pairs well with fire. Yeah, that mm. raw creative power. Uh... In the reverse context, it suggests an inability to connect emotionally, a disassociation from the unconscious realm that feeds your soul and helps you create. In relationships, this card reverse indicates stress and a lack of empathy or understanding. Frazzled or excessive emotions can cause you to lose touch with the positive access, uh, aspects of this queen. Find your way back to the water. Your strength is in the deep calm of the unconscious realm. And fun fact, the associated birthdays are February 4th to February 10th. Hmm. So we just missed it. Yeah. Just by a little bit. Huh? Uh, from Labyrinthos, the, some of the keywords for Queen of Cups are compassion, warmth, kindness, intuition, healer, counselor, and supportive. The upright. Yeah, and, and the art for this uh, this deck, she's Kind of got a lot of sea life surrounding her. Her crown is starfish and seashells. And swimming around her are little jellyfish. And it looks like she's got a a jar of, of water with a koi fish, maybe. Emblazoned hmm. on the side. Nice. Yeah, definitely rocking the sea queen vibe. Absolutely. Under little the jellyfishes. Is there any uh, talk of that graphic in the book? Let me go back. I think I just lost it. Give me two seconds. Flip faster, damn you. Flip faster, you son of a bitch. Hey, why don't you flip faster there, kid? Uh, let's see. The Queen of Cups rules the realm of emotion. It indicates compassion, love, and concern for ourselves and fellow man. She's a beautiful, introspective woman 
who cradles a cup in her hands. The cup is closed and contains a fish, the symbol of spirit and creativity. The closed cup is an indication that the thoughts of the queen originate from her own inner depths rather than the external world. Her watery companions and crown of the sea stars are symbols of the unconscious mind, creativity, emotion, spirit, and feeling. Yeah, excellent. The closed cup, when you reverse that, that kind of, if you remember back to the um, Primus song that we covered, uh, it was kind of the quasi-conspiracy uh, mm-hmm. hypotheses-related to- song. And he talks about a, a mind too open spills its contents onto the floor. Uh, that's that's what uh, this closed cup is, is reminding me of. I it, like it. If you have a closed cup, then you turn it upside down. Do you have a, do you have a closed cup anymore? <laughs> no, no longer. And the depths <laughs> which you are drawing from are now uh, engorging themselves yeah. upon, the, upon the floor. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like that the starfish crown also is uh, like a fiery red where everything else is cool and blue. Mm. Hey, you know, fiery red. There you go. There you go. That's it, baby. That's how you do it. Uh, well, if you want to check this card out at some point, you can find it at zosascorner.substack.com. I can head over there and uh, check out all of the links to the uh, articles or stories that will reference to clips show art producer credits show art memes anything you could shake a stick at and more indeed uh do, did you want to discuss the the reverse aspect of the of the card oh that's um i guess that's what i was kind of getting at with the uh, just spilling the contents of the cup out all over the floor um okay we got reverse keywords here just to just to top off that because i think it matches well with what you just said the labyrinthos reverse keywords are insecurity, giving too much, overly sensitive, needy, fragile, uh, dependent, and martyrdom, which I think is an interesting word. Martyrdom. Hmm. Hmm. That that could be a good thing or a uh, highly obnoxious thing. It could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> uh, oh goodness. Excellent. Uh, but yes, uh, you are correct. This is a value for value program. And it is uh, February 20th, 2023. February is a uh, crushing three. That's not freedom. That's not the kind of freedom I thought. Ooh, that one spooked me, me a little neither. bit. Me neither. Yeah, we do this show every Monday night. You can check us out over at badradio.live. When we, uh, we kick the stream on at 7, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock Eastern, respectively. The show starts at 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. We've got a chat room, hashtag green room, on the uh, irc.zeronode.net. There's also a link straight into the chat room, plus the live stream link over at uh, badradio.live. Yeah, if you, uh, if you're, you're missing out on the chat room, if you're not in the chat room, the chat room is where it's at. So you can go to hashtag green room. And that's located at irc.zeronode.net. Uh, the easiest way to get in there is to go to our website, uh, Behind the Schemes with Threes for Ease and Schemes.com, or you can go to our show notes, zososcorner.substack.com, and you can find the links to everything. Everything, uh, including the, you know, BTS shop and all that good stuff. But the, the chat room, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I might even have some uh, quote unquote bonus content. 
that you'll only get from uh, listening live in the chats tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. The chat gets a lot of love, so. <laughs> It'll be good. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, now, all of these, all these uh, various sounds that you're listening to, uh, kicking it off tonight already. Man, it's already popping. Uh, these are boostergrams. These are micropayments of Bitcoin being sent over the Lightning Network, utilizing a nude podcast app, which, uh, if you're half-naked like me, from the waist up, you can always go to nudepodcastapps.com and uh, check out one of those new ones. Mm-hmm. You can even go to something as simple as podcastapps.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. They got that new one. They Short got the new, yeah, short and sweet, podcastapps.com, and you can find yourself a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, which means that you can slaughter goats, and you can rack lines, and you can get Jim Jones to say things for you, all uh, here. It's all in one place. Yeah, we got uh, we got a lot of stuff that we do during the post production of this show, uh, most of which involves chapters, a little bit with transcripts, and that's the way that you can check them out. You don't have to. You might have, you might have to put that guy in his place. Uh, but uh, that's yeah. right. We have our own gimp, and you can shock that gimp for the uh, low low price of eighty eight eighty eight satoshis. It's kind of like a Christmas tree that stays up year round. Yeah, yeah, and you can light them up all you want. It's definitely plugged in. <laughs> yeah, you just go over to nudepodcastapps.com. Check it out. And we got a couple of uh, boostergrams, and by a couple, I mean a lot. And yeah, they're rolling, as you said. And let me, I believe 6666 from Pizar, Ola from Angola was the last one that we uh, read off. So we'll start next with Abel Kirby with 888 saying luck boost. Luck boost. Thanks, Abel. Yes, thank you. Of Rare Encounter fame. Yeah, every Wednesday on the No Agenda stream and rareencounter.net. Also, huh? if anybody out there is wanting to start up a podcast or a clip podcast, I could not recommend the podcast generator enough. I We don't use it, but the moment I can get all of the, the uh, MP3s into one location and get the feed transferred over... That's what I want to switch us to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about it. Mm. High praise. High praise. Yeah. So check it out. It's a podcast generator. And then we had from, let's see here, music. Si- oh, I'm sorry. These are uh, from Stay a While. Somebody was boosting the Like Wine track. Um, hmm. Can I read these out real quick? Uh, uh, sure. Uh, it was just, uh, one was actually, it was two 100s and one 1,000 boost. Uh, one of them said, hey, Spencer's just Steven do, uh, testing out boosting. Enjoy the sats. And then he uh, also, said, Steven said, maybe I'm turning into an old man, or maybe I'm just a hipster fuck, but I like smoking tobacco. And uh, I just wanted to point those out because Stephen B., who did up CurioCaster, has a new Music 2.0 enabled uh, web player for music that's got podcasts and 2.0 features. Hmm. Yeah. That's a nifty new one. Yeah. Torcon, uh, what's Dave's son's band? Torcon 7, I believe. They're up there. Uh, Signs of New Growth, Tone Wrecker, all sorts of crazy shit. Huh. 
I got to check that out. Yeah. That's very cool. So that's Stephen B guy. He's a, he's a clever fella. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got two, 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 two from make heroism through fountain. Oh, little road, baby road ducks. Baby row, baby row. Uh, we got three hours ago coming in from dag. He sent a zip file through fountain and, uh, that was for three thirty three. I'm sorry. 3,333. And, uh, mm. he sent over two ISOs. One of them you had just heard, actually, let me get that page pulled back up here. Uh, this one. <laughs> this pair well together, I think. <laughs> and then, uh, knows the time is short. It was Tuesday. And then the other one says, uh, this is Mystery Man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And both of these <laughs> come from the Lost Highway movie. The Lost Highway movie. Yeah, which, if I remember correctly, this is Nicolas Cage doing Wizard of Oz in Vegas. Directed mm. by David Lynch. And also starring the, uh, the lead... Bill actor. Pullman, Patricia Arquette. These are big names here. Is there a synopsis available? Let's see how close I was. Let's see. Uh, Fred Madison, a saxophonist, is accused under mysterious circumstances of murdering his wife, Renee. On death row, he inexplicably morphs into a young man named Pete Dayton, leading a completely different life. When Pete is released, his and Fred's paths begin to cross in a surreal, suspenseful web of intrigue orchestrated by a shady gangster boss named Dick Laurent. Very well. A doppelganger whodunit film. Hmm. Then this is not the one I was thinking of. Interesting. But it is directed by David Lynch. Hey, I was pretty close. So there's that. You got that there. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to look. You said the other one was a, a Nick Cage film. Correct. Hmm. Well, we might have to peek into that maybe during intermission. Yeah, it's kind of got that um, natural born killers sort of vibe. Oh, Wild at Heart. That's it. Wild at Heart. Yeah. Wild at Heart. Yeah, he does like Nick Cage is kind of playing this. Um, uh, he does this like Elvis sort of character. Yes. Lula's. Oh, yeah. And uh, Defoe's in this, and he's like a weirdo super weird part let's see here yeah lula lula's psychopathic mother goes crazy at the thought of lula being with sailor who just got free from jail ignoring sailor's probation they set out for california uh however the their mother hires a killer to hunt down sailor unaware of this the two enjoy their journey and themselves being together um hmm. at a formal dinner party yeah, Elvis Presley freak, Sailor Ripley played by Nicolas Cage. Nice. And it's, it's got... a very Nick Cage type of role. Yeah. And Laura Dern, of course. From Jurassic Park? That's From what I was thinking. the about. Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> the one that counts. The only one that they ever made. Yep. There was more? Oh, no, I don't think so. Whoa. No money in it. Mm-mm. I mean, uh, that's a lot to fabricate, no doubt. 
you know, dinosaurs being fake and all. What are they going to do? Keep making up dinosaurs? <laughs> like fucking G.I. Joe characters at this point. Yeah. They're like Bionicles. Whoa. Throwback. Yeah. You like that? I do. I'm, I'm into that. They are. They're like Bionicles because every time you make a new one, you just take apart two of them and then you splice them together. There you go. Oh. <laughs> splice him together. <laughs> Someone just spliced old Gimpy. Shock the Gimp. Anyway, we're, we, we were doing boostograms, aren't we? We kind of got off the rails. Yeah, uh, thank you for that, Dag. Uh, 6666 from Make Heroism. And that's one of them goats there in the pile. That's through Fountain. There's so many Fountain ones. 2874 from Bully Steed saying, It's alive. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. 99 99 from Make Heroism. Uh, <laughs> putting one of them goats back together. Uh, and then in a millennial for 6666 saying, This is worth exactly 6,666 Satoshis and one dead goat. That's uh, a cold, hard fact. Yeah, that guy spits nothing but facts on the offensive in a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Every Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Central. Indeed, uh, right before DH Unplugged. <laughs> Sometimes all the way up. Sometimes all the way through DH Unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are getting like 770 sats. That's like, that's like $2 or something, right? <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm, I'm glad that they do it just because I enjoy... Hearing uh, D- uh, Horowitz uh, complain. Yeah, I got to get the stream going or the recorder going for it next time. <laughs> Ugh, so good. It's that, that's how you get those ultra rare holographic ISOs. Like the like a holographic Zapdos. Yeah, absolutely. They're extra rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got forty one ten from Make Heroism through Fountain. That's uh, that's the forklift operation boost. And he said, we need a fresh start around here. Well, we had a fresh idea, and now we'll just have to head back out there and drag that goat back in. Or Oh, I, I think there's a couple of goats that have been slaughtered since. I mean, how big of a production are we talking? Oh, I think, yeah, Cotton Gin and Make Heroism both uh, brought in some fresh ones, so it's all good. No harm, no foul. Except to the goat, of course, which was very harmed. Uh, sixty-one ninety-nine from Mary Kate Ultra through Fountain saying lizard people snap and boost. Oh, the lizard people by uh, far, uh, probably the truest to life thing I know. Yeah, all of your elected officials and many of your unelected ones are lizards. So, open your eyes, people. Open your eyes. The lizard people. Ooh, spicy, crunchy. Jesus. Come on, JCD, calm down. John. 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 Dvorak. Dvorak? Where the fuck. C stands for crunchy. No, I didn't say I didn't say fuck on the air. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I did it again. I stopped on your fuck twice. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Fuck. <laughs> That's this Norfolk thing, right? No, 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 no. Uh, he was getting grilled about wearing Crocs 15 years ago, and they weren't Crocs or something. And uh, Oh, yeah. That's right. No doubt. Also, 
good news. I have a super mega Adam Curry board with all 492 ISOs on it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that we're just that much closer to uh, having a full AI Adam. We don't even need, we can just have him on as a guest. The AI with all your clips. <laughs> what do you think this is? Sir Gene speaks. Uh, I got uh, 100. Simpsons did it. I got 162 midnight mic ISOs. I'm gonna get them <laughs> talking together. <laughs> so you're just gonna have a show of yeah? We should do a whole show just between the two of them. Absolutely. Can't take this shit no more, man. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, God damn it. Uh, 1098 from Bully Steed saying Disney cadavers, not freedom. No, no, because there are puppets, Bully Steed. There are cadaver mm-hmm. puppets. Cadaver puppets. It's like the you Muppets. You turn anything into a puppet. <laughs> yeah, as long as you stick your hand far enough up, up it. Yeah, yeah. Put your hand up it. Now it's a puppet. Uh, Cotton Gin made a goat his puppet. 6666 from Podverse saying, can I get in on this goat action? And he's boosting the live tag. Uh, Make heroism. Slaughtered a goat. 6666. steed boosting the gimp. 8888 saying bringing it. Mm. Ouchie. Yeah. I'm not trying to shame this guy. I'm just trying to put him in his place. A little whipsky dipsky. Uh, 8888 also from Pyrancy uh, boosting the goat. Uh, no oh, message. Thank you. And then he also had that uh, all about the one James james brown boost all about the ones all in the one and also the satchel of richards known in other circles mm-hmm. a big old row of sticks stick, right. stick 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 the five of wands of ones uh, and if you want to get in on this action easiest way that you can do that is head over to nudepodcastapps.com you can try fountain you can try curiocaster you can try podverse uh over nope i'm sorry podcast addict i believe is one that's doing the live tag and that's that's the ones i like is being able to hop into app tune right into the live stream when they go live it's awesome it's good shit you'll love it yeah tap right into the source yep and this of course is a value for value production and uh just make this the sort of radio that you want to listen to this is going to be an iso it will live forever in boobery's uh podcast that'll show up like 14 times an episode oh cool so i'll be famous i like that yes do a commercial you're off the artistic roll call every word you say is suspect you're a corporate whore and uh end of story put on your 3d glasses now i know you like to get wet dog Thanks for keeping that nice and tight, boobs. I love you. Not a problem. Uh, the easiest way that you can support this show is by calling. What's the number? 612-263-7999. That's right. Keep it nice and tight. Booberry likes it nice and tight. That's how the Mothman comes. You can call us at 612 612- <laughs> Two six three seven nine nine nine. We are patiently awaiting your call. It's somewhere deep down inside of you. 
can pull it out for us. I think I think this caller pulled it out. Hey, behind the scenes audience and Booberry and Lavish. Oh, hello, Mister here. Hello there. Smoking a joint and walking my dog. Hell yeah. I think I am doing that every time I call you. Hey, as a Mexican, a good I gotta say it was kind of refreshing last episode hearing you guys and Charlie, I don't remember his last name. Mm, Robinson. About, you know, more nuanced phase of Mexico. It's kind of refreshing to hear some American people having a perception of Mexico that it's, you know, not only crime and all the shit that you get from the media. It's nice. Appreciate that. Appreciate your show. Talking about Mexicans. Really nice. Why yeah. did the Mexican dude started taking medicine for anxiety? You know why? Mm-mm. For his panic attacks. <laughs> Good. Get it. Yeah, I, uh, it's a bad <laughs> what? Although I'll defend it as modern art defends it. If you don't like it, it's because you don't get it. Come and say what? Right. No, I hate modern art. Yeah. Look uh, Yeah. Although, hey, yeah, uh, Blueberry, I'm sorry to disappoint to break it up to you, but that time you talked about being in Monterrey, Mexico. Mexico not a part of Central America, so you've never been to Central America yet. Hmm. Mexico is a part of North, North America, just with the United States and Canada. Fact check falls. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, thank you for doing the show. Appreciate you guys. Great show, great production, and a lot of value. Uh, I got to look for my dog. Later, dudes. Well, thank you, Mr. Ed. Yes, thank you, sir. Always appreciate hearing from you. And oh. Yes, this is a uh, very important. No, Central America, below Mexico. Hmm. I'll take that one. I'll, I'll take that one for sure. Well, you know, we're all a bunch of Northerners. You know, what do we know? <laughs> everything. I mean, pretty much being from where I am, everything's just north. It's like up there. <laughs> <laughs> it can't get it, much more north. It doesn't matter where you are. It's probably up over there. Yeah, up. wherever you're going, you're going up somewhere. Yeah up the holler maybe even when you're going down when i was driving to california from minneapolis i was driving up a lot of that way i'd believe it even though i was going down you know what i'm saying and uh no no i had a i had a really good time in monterey i only got to really get out probably two nights but i went to go see some uh, uh punk bands and the bars was just i mean it was just really just like really narrow stone buildings and the doors were just carved into the into the actual wall uh, just some really crazy spots the bar is every room just kind of folded into itself and it was this whole other experience um mm-hmm. multiple bands playing i ended up getting to go to uh one of the street fairs that they had, it was just tables everywhere. That's where I got that really killer Freemason pewter pendant. I got a huge mm-hmm. chunk of fluoride for like twenty five bucks. Um, it was really cool. That was that was a a most memorable experience. Monterey probably has that old Spanish 
European feel to it. Yeah, that missionary feel, totally. One of the oldest, if not the oldest, city, I think, established by the Spanish in Mexico. But uh, that's awesome. It makes me want to go. And he's right. Mexico's a big, big place. It's a third of the continent. It's uh, There's a lot of very beautiful parts, and there's a lot of, you know, there's some not-so-beautiful parts, but... Yeah. I'm more familiar with the weird, like, Baja part, mm. which is, like, its own little section to, separate from Mexico. I'd believe that. It's so isolated in the desert, and, and by, you know, obviously the channel and everything like that. So it's uh, just different than the rest. I'd love to go to the city of Mexico, Ciudad de Mexico. Yeah. That's the biggest city in the world, I think. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, Monterey was cool, but it was very, uh, like we talked a, a little bit last week about it. It just, we stayed in a mall and the theater was attached to a mall. So when you left the hotel, you walked through the mall to get there and allegedly all the stuff that you needed was right there in the mall. Um, so you didn't have to really go anywhere. <laughs> we didn't have any uh, cars or nothing. So uh, it was more just catching taxis and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Do you want to do another screen mail here? Sure. Oh, I do dare to leave my screen after the tone. I mean, that's why we're here, is is it not? It uh, is. Hello. Uh, is Mr. it not? Lavash. Hello. Mr. Blueberry Mothman of the Giant Red Ball for yeah. Medicine. Yeah. <laughs> what is it for? Not a medicine ball. Actually, it's one of those uh, like yoga ball things or something. I don't know. Quote, unquote. <laughs> so my feet are resting on it right now. So yeah. Uh, screen, 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 You're running those things? I not, don't want to get into details, but uh don't want to dock Who does? or anything like that. But uh I guess just in general when when things just kinda one ear out the other, and we're all guilty of this, right? You know. Um Guilty of what? Manage. Something something recently happened today, and it was just like, ah! When we were sharing something, and it was just like, then we were talking to them, and it was just like, felt like everything we were saying was just like bypassing it, and they were just just so focused, and it was like, hey, I feel like this and this and this, and, and whatnot, and it was just, yeah, it was, it, it was slash is irritating. Um like it was, it was one of those good things that wanted to better all these things about don't want to get into it but like want to better all these things but like you can't just all of a sudden like scoop everybody with you and assume that they want to be going on that same path um, and do all those changes you know it's kind of like you learn about something and, and you want to now kind of like spread the word so to speak and you know we might do that with maybe you know we hear something about like whatever no agenda or something and you're like ah I gotta go tell everybody every time that topic comes up I gotta go tell anybody but you know maybe we gotta check our facts a little bit more or things like that not the case here but just something that just came to mind I guess but uh yeah so listen to those around you you know like listen you know listen to those loved ones around you like they're around you because they love you and they care for you and especially if it's like just more than one person and they're all kind of saying the same thing don't you know Myself included, we, I got to remember to not just, like, blow people off. Like, if I'm saying something and the wife who knows me the best, you know, like, 
she starts saying something, I gotta not just, I gotta listen, kind of thing. Still might be wrong, but I mean, I gotta listen and not just like let it go in one ear and out the other. So, reflection. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. Oh, thank you for the cacall, cacaller. Yes, thanks for cacalling as always. I can understand the the frustrations of feeling like you can't get people onto this same page that you've been feeling out and digesting and coming to understand, uh, a.k.a. the, you know, trying to wake people up, for lack of a better term. And, uh, you know, some people you just can't... You know, there's just, there's no, uh, there's no point at where you could meet. However, my personal belief is I feel like I failed in a lot of, not failed, but I can't think of a better word at this moment. Um, you know, I wasn't able to say the right things when it came to COVID, the vaccines, the, <laughs> the uh, twin towers, all that crazy shit, right? I'm not going to make that same mistake when it comes to podcasting two point stuff. I will, I will <laughs> keep the tenacity. goddammit. it! <laughs> <laughs> I will be, I will be worse. No, that's great. I'm gonna. I like, gonna, I like what Caller also said about uh, listening to loved ones, uh, which. Uh, I think fits in with your COVID situation. If uh, sometimes if you, if somebody isn't doing it, like for example, for COVID, they aren't agreeing with you in the way that you want. Well, you still listen to them anyway and see what their reasoning is. So you can try to understand why it is that people do what they do. And that way you can either find a forgiveness in yourself for it, or you can, uh, just be better immune to that sort of mentality when it presents itself in any in any form, COVID or otherwise. Yeah, shield yourself from the triggers. Yeah, I mean, understand yourself, understand the world, and you'll be better off for it. Well, cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Christopher. We appreciate that, Comrade Christopher Battles. Thank you, Comrade. Appreciato. It's funny we got. These St. Louis people, all in the chat, man. The Missouri, uh, the Missouri Legion is strong. <laughs> Missouri is Legion. <laughs> Missouri is Legion. <laughs> you know, we here over on the wet, on the West Coast, on the Bereft Coast, we fear the Missouri because they started it all. The Oregon Trail, the California Trail, it all starts in Missouri. You know, they're the ones who were like, "Hey, hello." Hello there. Oh my god, I think Missouri just flew over my house. Oh my god. <laughs> Missouri literally just flew over my roof. <laughs> oh, funny Independence, stuff. Missouri. Shout out to you guys, you psychos. Yeah, hello, angry leprechaun. Hello. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you want to get on, in on that action, you can always call 612-263-79- Nine nine. That's the way you do it. Uh, call us up. Let us know how you're doing. Scream. Uh, anything. Everything. Whatever you want. It's there. Yep. We don't uh, screen anything. Uh, so you can scream everything. And uh, don't worry. We won't pick up the phone. It just goes straight to voicemail. So you don't need to worry about 
you know, you're nervous about being heard on the air or whatever, you, you got time. You don't, you don't have to be under pressure. So go, give us a call. 612-263-7999. Uh, what do you want to roll for tonight? Let's do a diamond roll, an eight-sided die. Got it. And uh, whoever rolls highest uh, goes first. Uh, highest goes first on the diamond. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Straight down the middle. I got a five. I got a four. Oh boy. By a nose, as they say over there at the racetrack. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. I gotta get it like quick fire. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. This is easy. Eat it. <laughs> tits and alcohol are just a lovely combination what you got for tonight ah tits and alcohol are a wonderful combination i uh alluded to this topic when i talked about mr de pape de pape the the gentleman who attacked paul pelosi mm, at mm-hmm. his house uh this gentleman that i uh brought up and talked about um he had like a list of people that he was going to go and attack. And uh, Nancy Pelosi was just one of those people. And, and the top three people that he was trying to attack, this famous Hollywood actor was on the list. Uh, this famous actor happens to be a Bay Area local, happens to be identified as coming from the region of Oakland, California. And they are a household name. They is one of the top earning uh, actors of our time. And even right now, his career is in full swing. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about none other than uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was high on this guy's list. Now, Booberry, you and I know that the intelligence agencies, the alphabet soups, the CIA's, etc. That they, they have people who are are in every branch of everything: media, education, science, the eight uh, tentacles, as Charlie Robinson would call them. Would you agree with me on that? I would agree with you on that. And that would mean that they have people in Hollywood, and that they have people who are indeed famous actors uh, to spread their message. Uh, other famous examples being George Clooney. Uh, George Clooney is is a pretty well known uh, spooky asset. Uh, Sean and Penn. Sean Penn. Uh, more and more, Leo DiCaprio. I find is kind of running around doing weird UN type bidding, which I never really expected from. Oh, him. Nicole Kidman, not American asset, but Australian. Yes. Now, if you were, just just bear with me here, theoretically. Say you are a, a CIA asset, you've done the initiation process, you've, 
you've done the bidding for the the big evil bad guy, whoever they may be. What is your reward for doing that as a Hollywood actor? Mm, limitless sex and adrenochrome. True. Yes. Uh, but what else? Like publicly, like what would be your reward? Uh, a Hollywood star. <laughs> a Hollywood star. And just being in movies, just having a career, being mm -hmm. in way too many movies. And who is in way too many movies? Who are the people that you see over and over again? The Rock. You see Nicole Kidman. You see The Rock. You see Tom Hanks. You see certain actors. And when you see these actors get that much work, you have to be a little suspect sometimes. Just when you're paranoid like me. And you know that in the world, there are these whales in motion. These whales that swim around and they put their little, their little guppies here and there. And so you try to keep an eye out for who the guppies are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sounds a little racist, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'm so glad you noticed. Uh, the, <laughs> the reason I bring up old Hom Tanks, who's, as I said, a popular one around here, is that he seems to always be at the forefront of whatever the major disease is. Mm. He seems to be, through his career, as sort of a spokesperson for all of, the, all of the big rock star viruses and diseases that have come down the pipeline, uh, and especially the ones that are associated with everyone's favorite, Dr. Tony Fauci. You have this guy... Well, we'll get to it, uh, I guess. We'll, we'll start... Uh, We'll start modern and work our way back. Uh, as far as COVID is concerned, Tom Hanks was the first uh, ma major celebrity to get it. Now, I'm going off of just sort of what you see. You go back to the old CNN and you go back to the old, the old videotapes you could find around of, not videotapes, but the old footage of, of the news. You know, during that time, March, April, May, June, July of 2020, as COVID was sort of unfolding into its full momentum, you had certain high-profile people that would get it. The first one, that the first famous athlete that got it wasn't really that famous, Rudy Gobert. Uh, he, he famously got in trouble, though. Uh, he, he didn't take COVID very seriously, and he touched all the microphones, and he was kind of making a joke of it. And whether they were punishing him or not, he was diagnosed like the next day and was just excoriated all over the world for being such a reckless loser and, you know, getting people killed. He's a murderer. Um, and that, that was the, the idea from the get-go. There really wasn't any time to think of anything else. And, uh, and after that, you had... Old Tom. Tom got in on it, and he used it as a as an anchor and as a focal point for promoting his film Greyhound. Um, any thoughts on this so far? Before we get into the clips, uh, wasn't he allegedly fleeing to Greece around the same time? Um, he was in Australia at the time, which. Of course, is like one of the gnarliest places that the whole lockdown situation hit. The lockdowns weren't anywhere more strict than in Australia and in New Zealand. 
So he got kind of wrapped up in that. But you're saying afterwards he might have gone somewhere. I mean, that's what I they mean, do. They they go somewhere. You know, this is a this is a total full full bore uh, Q hypothesis that he was on the run and had fled to Greece. And I want to say that even though Agenda had brought it up, that whole like he, they were seeking him for um, uh, child pornography type stuff, sexual abuse, just. No, and of course, nothing ever came of it. Two weeks later, mm-hmm. you know that sort of shit, right? Um, and assuming that he is in this uh, this high, you know, clandestine echelon of Hollywood, then that would be part of the equation too. You don't get that high without them having some dirt on you. I mean, that's basically what Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's whole job was was to to be that facilitator of smut. You know, if you wanted to get to that certain level, you had to have all, all the top dogs had to have leverage on you. And so it wouldn't surprise me if old Tom Hanks probably fucked a pig head or something. I'm trying to find uh, a thre- an archived thread of some capacity that details all of the singular gloves and shoes that he'll take pictures of. Yeah, uh, there's that too. He, he does a lot of uh, sort of weird Illuminati type photography yeah we can get into that but in the meantime while you look on that we'll play this first clip this is him on colbert in june of 2020 colbert of course pushing it the hardest pushing the vaccine stuff the hardest uh and this is uh what he has to say he's the first famous person i'm doing uh clip one please did you do anything special for your birthday uh no oh that's too bad I suppose everything seems a little special right now because the oh two of you God. were the first sort of famous people that any of us knew to go through the the famous people. <laughs> I love you where you not only did you do that, but you threw in sort of as well. Sort well, of. I don't want you to be defined. I know you don't define yourself as being famous. You're just Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. You're not That's like just, you're the same guy. No. Um, you know, when that came up, um, we decided because we were down in Australia, and I was about to start working on a movie and the movie, we, the movie got shut down almost in tandem with us getting our, our positive results. So we didn't we didn't want there to be like a brand of uh, information out there that we were the cause of the movie being shut down. So we say, hey, positive. And then they put us in the hospital so we would not give it to anybody Else Were you surprised else? that you uh, got the coronavirus? Just because a lot up. of us were surprised. When we found out that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had it, we were like, well, then we're all screwed. Oh, my God. If, if, they, if they're, I mean, they're famous. If they yeah. if they got it, you you travel in the hermetic bubble, right, at all times? You're the boy in the, oh, uh, in the bubble yeah, at all times. Yes, I do. I oh, yes. have a staff of six that keep a, an orb of plexiglass around me at all times. No, but were I you surprised? I breathe well, the rarefied air inside. Uh, yes, we good were. one, Tom. We we had no idea um, how it could have happened, or where it would have happened. Oh my God! I'm gonna stop you there immediately and just hit you with this. I have a peer-reviewed study here that says, "Hmm, it says you're a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if anything, what we're going to do, I've got some clips here of this old Tom 
talking about this stuff. And this guy is just such a weasel. It's the whole way that he talks about it, the way he approaches it, it's so easily uh, and strange and bizarre. We it, have it only no gets idea how it could have happened. We don't have any idea where it could have happened. Yeah, we've I got mean, a team I'm, of six people that keep us a plexiglass around us at all times. I, <laughs> I got a plexiglass orb I keep around me at all times. <laughs> right. Hashtag right. I'm the man with the one red shoe. <laughs> That's my Tom Hanks impression. <laughs> wait, wait. Do it again. I can't do it on command. Oh, I'm not that I was good just yet. trying to just trying to get it because it was so good. I was trying to. <laughs> that's a that's more. a word. That's a word. <laughs> how about whenever how about, the mood strikes you? How about that was your free Tom Hanks impression? Well, okay. So what? I got to boost you now. I get some Tom Hanks, <laughs> some Hankage. Emphasis on the free part. <laughs> Hank me, Hank me, Daddy. Hank me. Hey, science! Um, I got something for you to study next. Thanks, Steve. What a perfect pair. Now, did you know that even though Tom Hanks and his wife both got the COVID, did you know that they had entirely different symptoms? <gasps> really? That's right. Same disease, totally different symptoms. Could you please play Tom Hanks too? Different symptoms. We, we, you know, then we went back um, and they actually asked us, where have you been? What have you done? And we had been down in, uh, in Sydney, my, my wife had actually uh, performed. Uh, she sang uh, at one of the theaters inside the Sydney Opera House, which was a fabulous thing. There were, uh, we, our son was down Amazing. there. It was, it, was, it was fabulous, great. And we took a fabulous tour of uh, Sydney Haba uh, on a boat. Um, oh, good one. Went back to our, oh. our location where we were shooting the movie. Did he go Sydney Haba? Like Haba, like <laughs> it's an Australian Haba. Oh, my God. <laughs> down to the Sydney Haba. We went, I actually had a day of rehearsal, um, and then uh, on the on the ride home, I was saying uh, I, I announced grandly, and when I speak, honestly, people drop everything they're doing. Oh. And I said, you know, I'm feeling a little punky. I feel punky. I don't. It's a little punky. Okay. And uh, they said we're we're going to get a test. My uh, Rita actually had she had a headache. She was feeling bad. I felt punky, and uh, we were tested. Uh, in the afternoon at a 10 o'clock that came back positive and by the next morning we were surrounded by people in ppe and we were oh. isolated mm. in a hospital now oh. everybody says you know how did it feel what was it like uh, we had very different uh, symptoms you and rita uh, different very different actually i don't th other than a, a headache uh, she had a higher fever than i did she said she had horrible nausea horrible nausea did you lose the taste um, and the smell? She did. I did not. And that was before that was known to be a thing. We were, we were, <laughs> we were eating takeout food that I, I Eat it. thought was delicious. It was savory goodness. It had butter sauces. It had come from a, mm. a thing. Highly I remember it vividly. Joint. And she was saying, this tastes like oatmeal to me. I, I, I thought she was insane. But she had lost the thing. I had to. Uh, I had bones that felt like they were made out of soda crackers. I, every oh. time I moved around, I felt like something was cracking inside me. And you know when you have, um, you, you, ever, you ever have a really sore butt? Steve, Steve, <laughs> yes, I have, Tom. Yes, I have. Very, just like it felt like 
It felt like your older brother had held you down and just kept sodomizing you, you. You know, until yes. you until you'd said something like, "I love Flipper." Say it. Say it. I love Flipper. Say it. Say it. I love Flipper. Mm-hmm. Well, I finally said, "I love Flipper," but it felt like he had. I had my butt. It was just so sore. I will never. I will never watch the television show Flipper in the same way now. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) Riveting television, folks. Who doesn't like a good slut here and there? And mind you, this is so they're doing the Colbert show from home. Mm -hmm. This is back when they were all like, uh, you know, this guy that gets paid millions of dollars and has a building full of people to to do stuff for him was like, oh. Just me at home with the kids on my camcorder and my shitty webcam. Like, okay, Steven, sure. I can't even, you know, fucking shower. I'm just in my pajamas. Ugh. And that's Tom, too. So he's in his living room. They're, they're both just, like, in their jam jams, hawking it up. That's one thing that I really do not miss about 2020 is everybody bragging about how little showers they were taking. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Four days, I better take a shower here. Uh, another day, practically given up already. Can't be bothered to get out of bed and stop looking at TikTok. So, just gonna stay <laughs> here and still. I remember when JCD was like, people don't know how to work from home. It takes years of practice of working at home to know how to work from home. Like, all right, flex, flex, why don't you, JCD? This is Fine. easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working from home for years. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, so Hanks is like bragging about, you know, oh, we, we really wanted to lock ourselves up. You know, we just wanted to lock ourselves away. We thought that was the most responsible thing to do is for them to stick tubes up our ass and, and lock us away, you know, in the hospital. Uh, please play clip three. And we got now, over it over time. And we didn't how long, though? Else how long did it take to recover? Um, with the fatigue, I mean, bone crushing fatigue as well. It, it was about 10, it was about eight days, eight, nine days. And the Australians couldn't have been nicer about it. They, they were very, they were very open about, uh, well, they had it down contract tracing and all that kind of stuff. I even said, look, if I wasn't, if I wasn't the big, uh, sort of celebrity that I am, uh, what would I have done if I started feeling punky? And, uh, and they said, mm. well, if you had had, you would have gone to one of our, fever clinics and they had taken you to the gulags if you, had, if you had if you had had a fever they would have said where have you been what have you been doing who have you talked to now go to the hospital and uh, and we'll lock you up so People they were doing that questions. already there was one moment we'll lock you we up were, he literally says we'll lock you up in the hospital <laughs> and just just to move just to bend a little bit i did some kind of like stretches on the floor and uh, I, I almost, I almost passed out down on on the floor. I pulled myself up into bed. I felt really horrible. And when they came in for one of the nineteen times a day, they checked my fever, checked oh, my uh-huh. uh, oxygen, checked my uh, lungs. Um, I said, you know, the weirdest thing just happened. I, I just tried to do some some stretches on the floor, and I, I, I didn't last more than seven minutes. I almost passed out down there. I had to pull myself in the bed. What's that about, doctor? <laughs> and the doctor said, mm. you had COVID-19. And I said, that's why you're a doctor, and I'm <laughs> sort of sort of famous. <laughs> Tom, we have to take a break. Uh, everybody stick around. We'll be right back with more. 
Mr. Tom Hanks. Read my bone-crunching lips. I eat the bone. Wow. How high do you think he got? Not during, high enough. During that little segment. Just hotboxing himself with his own methane releases. <laughs> do you think well, he gas bag Hanks here, man? Gas bag Hanks. <laughs> God. I hate it. I hate this place. I hate it. <laughs> so you got just the two schmarmiest people in the world together. And it's a big trigger warning to everybody. I'm sorry to everybody in the green room who has to listen to both Stephen Colbert and Tom Hanks at the same time. It's unfortunate. I know. I mean, but realistically, this show does start off with a disclaimer. So you should always be prepared. This is correct. There's nothing... Anybody can do. We have the disclaimer since so. since day one. Uh huh. Yeah. All all the bases covered. Please. Absolutely. Uh, so he goes on this Tom Hank and just kind of goes on a little circuit where he talks about having COVID and he's promoting it, and all the while it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get to October, which uh, I've got a few clips preceding October, but by the time you get to October of 2020, just about everything is like really shut down. I mean, really it was all shut down by August, but the the things that held out through that initial shuttering are, are going down. Uh, and uh, everything that closes then has a sort of soft opening with webcams. So you've got the zoom stuff uh, and Tom Hanks goes on SNL and he hosts the first COVID SNL, where everybody is is zooming from their New York apartments. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hanks. Hey, hey! Oh, whoa! Thank you, thank you. That is a that is some sound effect of applause and whistles thank oh you my thank god you. thank you engineers hey all you cool cats and kittens uh, it's me your old pal don't don't worry now don't be afraid this shaved head was just for a movie and my hair is growing back very slowly it does save time in the shower so i don't know maybe we should all do it huh hey it's good to be here <laughs> though it is also very weird to be here hosting saturday night live from home it is a strange time to try and be funny, but trying to be funny is SNL's whole thing. So we thought, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. What the heck? But why me as host? Well, for one, I have been the celebrity canary in the coal mine for the coronavirus. And ever since ding, being ding, ding, diagnosed, ding. I have been more like America's dad than ever before, since no one wants to be around me very long. And... How do you think that worked out for uh, Bill Cosby? Uh, I know how it worked out for Bill Cosby. Make people uncomfortable. <laughs> now, I was uh, diagnosed back in March with the coronavirus. I was first diagnosed down in Australia. Now, the folks in Australia are fantastic in every way, but they use Celsius instead of Fahrenheit when they take your temperature. So... When they come in and they say, you're 36, which seemed very bad to me, but it turns out 36 is fine. 
38 is bad. So basically, it's how Hollywood treats female actors. But now what? my wife and I are we're doing fine. We're doing great. We're hunkered down like all of us should be. And in fact, this suit, this is the first Gold time I've worn be. anything other than sweatpants since March 11th. And my wife had to help me put it on because I, I forgot how buttons work. But it turns out there's these little discs and they slide into these slots. Amazing. Oh, wow. Um, oh, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling a little triggered myself, if I was being completely honest. This is some real triggering material. <sighs> it's meant to move you. Art is meant to move you. I'm, I'm struggling. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to c- cover all these little, like, these little gotchas where he says, I'm uh, the canary in the coal mine for COVID, and oh, I'm shit. America's dad. I should have had a laugh track queued up for him. <laughs> this classic. <laughs> Please clap. Please Pl- laugh. Please clap. Please clap. Uh, the last SNL clip I give, is he gives us a stay safe, and I couldn't help myself. Please clap. Now, this Saturday Night Live is going to be a little different. For one thing, it has been filmed entirely by the SNL cast, who are currently quarantined in their homes just like this. Well, I mean, not, not like this home. I mean, their homes are <laughs> not like my home. Like, not like my mansion. You know what? I'm going to let you be the judge of that. Also, there's no such thing as Saturdays anymore. It's just every day is today. And we're not really live, but we are doing everything we can to make this feel like the SNL you know and love. I am even using cue cards, see? I am even using cue cards. Just riff, baby, that's what I'm doing. So, Just riff them, tonight, Tom. Riff it, Tom. I can do everything it, a host does during a normal SNL. I can even do that old chestnut, the question and answer monologue. Let's see. Does anyone have any questions? Yes, what about you, sir? How about you? Uh, I have a question for Mr. Hanks. I can't help but notice that you are in excellent shape. What is the secret of your physical regimen? I, you know, I, come on. I just, I just try to stretch a couple of times a week and go easy on the carbs and the cookies. Thank you, though. Anybody else? Uh, yes, you, sir. Hello, hello. I got a question for Tommy Tim Tam. What's the right proper way to get a daily dose of your Vegemite? All right, enough of that. Well, we have a great show for you tonight. Now, is it going to look a little different than what you're used to? Yes. (laughs) Will it be weird to see sketches without big sets and costumes? Sure. But will it make you laugh? Eh, you know, it's SNL. You know, there'll be some good stuff. Maybe one or two stinkers. You know the drill. But let's go. Uh, Hey, stay safe. We are in this uh, for the duration, and we will get through this together. We are going to thank our hospital workers, our first responders, and all the helpers, the supermarket stockers, the people who deliver our food, the people people who are making takeout for us, the men and women who are keeping this country going at the time when we need them more than ever before. So we're going to take care of them, and we're going to take care of each other. So let's try... To now just enjoy the show. We will be right back. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Take it away, band. All right, we're swinging now. Saturday night. Woohoo. Um, 
it's okay. I will find peace with myself. Um, okay. You'll find peace with the communists, or you'll find no peace at all, comrade. <laughs> Our peace. <laughs> Our peace, comrade. <laughs> hey, stay safe. We're all in this together. Vote Democrat. Except for the truckers during that one little part. Yeah. And except for all the doctors that were saying anything other than the main thing, those guys can get fired and that's yeah. fine. Also, I hope you don't need an organ transplant in your unvaccinated. <laughs> you are that's not still the case. You are not in this with us. They still are doing that in Australia. There's still, Oh yeah. My grandma can't get a transplant. Cause she's not vaccinated. You'll love it. The doctors are like, well, too bad. <laughs> you know what they said? You know what they said? They said, please clap. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm the doctor. Okay, look buddy. Look at me. I'm, look at me. I'm the science now. I am the doctor now. Oh, God. Chilling he, stuff. Really chilling stuff. And he's giving away so many of the secrets. You can't just go blowing away the fucking wizard's curtain, my guy. Uh, apparently you just fucking can. Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, that's Tom fucking Hanks, bro. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Minor celebrity status. He's a sort of a celebrity. I'm kind of a big deal around parts, you know. Mm. You know, he's only been in two to three films a year since 1980. Uh, old Tommy T. Tommy Tittle Tits. Well... He, there's, so it gets weird. He, he keeps talking to people. He keeps going around. And as you know, Booberry, Australia has the best television in the world. I don't know. They have all of the restrictions and they have all of this tyranny going on. But on television, you can curse and you can call politicians morons. You know, no one has gone on TV and, and called Joe Biden a brain dead old man more than Australia has Australian television. Right. Sky There's, news and all that. Yeah. They have a, they have a lack of censorship there that somehow that's very refreshing, at least a nominal censorship, but there's of course a major cultural unspoken censorship uh, that gets put in place, but that's just about ubiquitous everywhere. Now, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? So, uh, Hanks on July 6, 2020, uh, calls into the Today Show Australia with Ali Langdon. How are you, Tom? So nice to talk to you again. Your saintliness, I'm, I'm quite well. Thank you. <laughs> it is lovely to talk to you again, our most famous COVID patient. Thanks oh to our God. friends <laughs> down under who, uh, who guaranteed us safely and saw us, saw us through. This is my name, and oh my God. Can I say, you're such a beautiful gesture, uh, the gift that you gave to Corona, your little pen pal on the Gold Coast. I'm just not sure he'd ever seen a typewriter before. Well, I'm waiting to hear back mm. from him. You know, it was, there was an awful lot of, uh, a, a lot of stuff lined up, you know, mm. first of all, the, the virus itself, which had that interesting name. Uh, his first name, I must say, I don't know anybody. Uh, he's the first He's the first young man I've ever met with the name of Corona. And uh, lo and behold, I did take one one typewriter with me down to uh, down to Australia, and it was uh, it was a Corona. So I, I think that 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 typewriter needed to be in his hands. Mm. He's a humanitarian giving uh, giving typewriters out. 
yeah to all the good little boys out there do you do you know about tom's whole typewriter thing he's got quite a substantial typewriter collection if i'm not mistaken you are correct he is a typewriter aficionado this is one of his things just to give people a little context and he likes he likes using typewriters, likes typing on them, and he has pen pals, and and you know he, every now and again he'll write a letter to one of the little people, and it just so happens that he made a pen pal with a kid in Australia whose name was Corona. Cute. And so all the while he was uh, doing this COVID bit, he is, he had a pen pal named Corona. I thought that that was a little bizarre. Uh, and they kind of talk about it. He says, yeah, isn't that kind of funny? (laughs) 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 Very strange. Uh, didn't, didn't know where that quite fit in. Admittedly, admittedly, I have definitely fantasized about making all the notes for this show on a typewriter. Of course. Typewriters are cool. Let's not dilly dally about that. And given the opportunity, I probably still would attempt it. <laughs> Not One a day. joke. Not we'll a just joke. go. You'll just go back through all of the notes and letter by letter. Well, I mean, you know, the links. Like, yeah, I kind of give you those. That that would be difficult. But the actual, like, oh, you know, these are like this is the real deal, true thoughts, man. Mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. And you put it in like an X Files type folder. What is? Oh, sorry, I'm not sure what that was. I have to investigate that link there later, Servo. I'm sorry. Oh, Servo posting mystery links. Mm-hmm. This uh, clip is great for the show. Okay, okay. I said I can't boost a gimp. Interesting. You can't boost a gimp. Well, that's no good. You gotta, you gotta boost that motherfucker. Should we just play the clip? I'm not sure what what let's, it's about. Let's zap a gimp. Oh, you want to? You want me? You want me to walk all the way over to where that gimp you gotta, is? You got to unlock the the box. Get the keys out. Get the keys out. Plug I know. In, plug in the thing. You gotta, <laughs> there he is. Thanks, Booberry. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. That one's for Servo. Uh. Okay, let's let's uh, do a, just a few more of these Tom Hanks ones, these weird ones, uh, where he's interviewing ET Australia. Clip seven, please. How are you and Rita? You went through COVID. I know you're feeling better. Or just ET America. Are you excited about the vaccine? Is that something you're looking forward to taking? <laughs> well, we'll be getting it long after everybody who truly needs to get it. But, you know, yes, yeah, okay, we had it, and it, it was a, a tough couple of 10 days. But I think that was much more important as the second half of the COVID-19 uh, formula is that we didn't give it to anybody. You know, locking down, you know, we wear masks and we still do, not just so that we don't catch it, but so that you don't give it to somebody uh, in case you are one of those kind of like asymptomatic carriers. If they asked you because you're Tom Hanks and everyone loves you and trusts you, hey, will you do it publicly? Would you consider doing that when it was your turn? Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, Poor Campy's getting it today. Is it my turn yet, Gimp? <laughs> hey, Gimp, well, let me hit that. Hey, let me hit that Gimp one more time. <laughs> hit that Gimp. Gimp loves it, by the way. 
And Bully Steed, oh my goodness, this is a scandalous allegation, Bully Steed. She says, Gimp is Tom Hanks or Anthony Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> Fauci likes the ouchie. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tony. Come here. You know who else we should shit on more is Abe Lincoln. Mmm. Yeah, that stove hat doofus looking motherfucker. That fucking eight foot seven lumberjack lawyer's piece of shit. Yeah, fucking go to the theater, they'd fucking say. You know, have a good fucking time, they fucking said. You said, ah, later, fat ass. You're dead, skinny. Fuck That's you. Okay, my my wife, Martha fucking Lincoln, it's not like she wrote fucking personal letters to people and fucking told the soldiers in the goddamn fucking South to just rape and pillage and exhume graves and all that shit. Nah, yeah. no, no, nobody ever fucking thinks about that. No. And nobody ever thinks about how her name was Mary Todd. Todd, why is your name Todd? Yeah, fucking spook. Fucking weird. We love the spooks! Uh, so, Tom Hanks now is getting more and more militant as the years go on. He gets more and more angry at these people for not just staying at home, ordering unlimited amounts of food in their big mansion, and just... Shutting the fuck up. Uh, this is him in a interview with ET Canada or Kunadu, uh, as the Canadians say. If you could please play Tom Hanks eight. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I simply do not get it. It is literally the least the least you can do. And if you want to, if anybody wants to build up an argument about doing the least they can do, I wouldn't trust them with a driver's license. I mean, when you drive a car, you got to obey speed speed uh, speed limits. You got to use your turn signal. You got to avoid hitting pedestrians. If you can't do those three things, then I get it. You shouldn't be driving a car. If you can't wear a mask and wash your hands and social distance, I, I don't understand. I, I got no respect for you, man. I don't buy your argument. It is a very different time in America, and it's late. I mean, we make a movie right now in which we show African American uh, Navy person, career Navy personnel that are are not allowed because of their skin color to be anything other than messmates. We were on a path towards becoming a better nation, even as late as 1942, and here we are, 20 years later, and we're still what? wrestling with this concept of America being America for all Americans. It is a reckoning that's going on. It is due. In fact, it should have been it should have been around 15 years ago. And there's plenty of examples of why um, it is. a Hey, you do. Hey. Let's not squander hey, a tragedy and a catastrophe and a crisis and not to make our lives better. Let's let's pony up. Let's do the work. Let's man the barricades. Let's show up to vote. Let's mm. let the let our voices speak for themselves. And let's move on. We're never going to be perfect. I mean, even the guys who wrote the uh, wrote the Constitution of the United States always put in that thing, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. We'll never be perfect. But here's our chance to finally, finally start putting in motion the machinery that will get us a little bit closer to that. So, yeah, no, this is a reckoning that's going on. Mm. A reckoning, I say. A rec a damn reckoning, Booberry. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare thyself. And he threw in a lot of great keywords. He said, do the work. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he said, uh, oh gosh, he said something uh, about locking yourself up, wearing a mask and all that stuff. He keeps hitting all the, the key phrases and he, and he just gets more and more angry. And then somehow he brings race into it. Somehow, if you don't believe just a hundred percent in the in that mass work, <laughs> then you're a racist. What? What's going on? His timing's off. He's saying back in 1965, which was only 25 years ago. Like Tom, come on, your messaging, bro. Your your messaging is showing. His his MK Ultra programming is is warbling. You know, what? the frequencies are, are, are flexing and fluctuating. It's not getting the message quite clearly. Um, uh, I just, you know, sometimes you just got to go in and get that software update. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to call old Billy Gates and go, look, man, it's Tuesday. <laughs> you know what that means? You know what that means? <laughs> It means yes, yes, update me. Yes, I will restart. Oh, yeah, yes. Tuesday. You want me to restart? Oh, God. Tuesday is the best day. Yeah. Oh, I'll restart for you any day, though. Mm. It was Tuesday. Yes. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> I know for you it was a major update, but for me, it was just a Tuesday. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Here we go. It was Tuesday. Come and sex. You're my family now. Oh, that's a little creepy. <laughs> Do you You're have rubbers? Now. You're my family. You're our family now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Oh, that's good shit. Shout out to Carolyn Pliny and Fletcher of the Hog Story. Mmm. Yeah, they uh they're on the no agenda stream right before us uh, at around seven o'clock Central Time, five o'clock uh, specific time. Yeah, and always remember, don't do what Lavish tells you unless you're into that. Uh, don't uh, don't listen to him. Wait. Yeah, you heard me. Uh, Did I stutter? Uh, uh, shit. You wait. Hold on. Don't take your shirt off. Um, but I'm already shirtless. Oh, good. See? Yeah. 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 Um, thunder nipple pinch. Mm. Thunder pinch. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so running off this little Tom Hanks segment, we go back all the way back uh, to 1993 when Tom Hank was a young man who was thriving on the scene. Uh, you know, he was he was making waves. He was a, he was a big new young actor, and he was in a little film called Philadelphia. Philadelphia with Denzel Washington, another great actor, mm -hmm. in which Tom Hanks plays a role that he says that he could never get today, uh, were he the same age and, and all that, um, because he played a gay man. In the, in, the, in the film Philadelphia, Tom Hanks plays a gay man who works at a law firm. And 
this man gets AIDS. And he tries to keep it a secret. He's very good at his job. He's a very gifted lawyer. But uh, his law firm finds out that, that he has AIDS. And so they fire him very unceremoniously, uh, even with a, a little bit of sabotage uh, as they uh, misplaced some of his files on purpose and then made it seem like as if he was the one who, who, who fucked up. Uh, and then they fire him. And this movie was called Philadelphia? That's right. The film is called Philadelphia. Uh, I believe I have one clip uh, from Philadelphia. If you'll play Tom Hanks, uh, Philadelphia, I have a case. It's good to see you again, Counselor. Judge Tate, Kendall Construction. Innocuous. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? What happened to your face? I have AIDS. Oh. What can I do for you? <laughs> I've, uh, I've been fired by Wyman. Camp Plan on bringing a wrongful termination suit against Charles Wheeler and his partners. You want to sue Wyant, Wheeler, Hellerman, Tetlow, and Brown? Correct. I'm seeking representation. All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing I just cannot get through my thick head. Didn't you have an obligation to tell your employer you had this dreaded, deadly, infectious disease? That's not the point. From the day they hired me to the day I was fired, I served my clients consistently, thoroughly, with absolute excellence. If they hadn't fired me, that's what I'd be doing today. And they don't want to fire you for having AIDS, so in spite of your brilliance, they'd make you look incompetent, thus the mysterious lost file. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Correct. I was sabotaged. I don't buy it, Counselor. That's very disappointing. I don't see a case. I have a case. If you don't want it for personal reasons. Thank you, that's correct. I don't. Have we learned nothing, my gay brothers? Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing, my gay brothers in Christ? Mm-hmm. Have we learned nothing? Speaking of which, I like what Bully Steed says in the ta- chat that Tom Hanks is with the Jesuits and Tony Fauci. That would be and, a pretty uh, good. That would be a pretty good band name, Tony Fauci and the Jesuits. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I can add that to the band list name. Hell yeah! Or the band name list. Excuse me. Um. Yeah. So this is. So the film at the time, as Pitar says uh, in the chat, was a very popular film back in the early 90s. And it was probably the first major film that dealt with AIDS and had a, a gay character as a, as a main character, and certainly a gay character with AIDS. And uh, the film ended up being kind of a big promotion for AIDS at the time, which was still trying to kind of get ground with the public you know they're trying to promote the fact that it was real that that's what was going on and the aids and corona connection or the covid connection is tony fauci tony fauci was put in charge of both of those uh crises and uh, we we could get it all into the azt conversation and how people think that it was azt that was doing more harm than good uh very similar to the way that a lot of people think that the COVID vaccines do more harm than COVID itself. 
And so you have this sort of repetition where Hanks is there. He's, he's promoting the same sort of thing for the same exact same people even. And the same people are in power then that they are now that are now. And it just happens on an even grander scale. AIDS was a huge deal at the time. And then uh, COVID made AIDS look like uh, like Candyland. It was just as far as the impact that it had on society. And we all know that crisis actors are real. Ballistia says, yes, it's the same crisis actors. And, and so we, we see Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is, is just always there. He's always there to be that guy. He's ready to, to be a face. He's ready to be a face. And... Nobody's had a, a more lucrative career in Hollywood in our lifetimes. Very few people have had as lucrative a career as Tom. No scandals? No scandals, no issues. He's in some of the most popular, well-loved movies that have ever been made, at least in, of our time. I mean, like, Forrest Gump is like one of my favorite movies. Oh, I was going to go with Big. Big is a great movie as well. A lot the, of people love big. The classic piano Feo Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And just a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's a great premise. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump's great. Uh, what other movies has he done that's are, that, that are great? Uh, you know, Toy Story. Like, these, it's a very beloved guy. But he's always kind of getting deals. He's always getting cut deals, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, the man with the one red shoe. Ah. Uh, the one shoe and one glove thing, which I, when you bring it up, I think it reminds me of it. I've heard it before, but I would love to look into that. That actually might tie into a topic that I've been meaning to talk about for a long time uh, that I might bring up next week. Well, that might tie into that well. Uh, depending on which mouthy Buddha video you check out, there's a good chance he's probably got some of that feed at the time archived uh you probably have to go find some forum posting uh i admittedly i haven't been to his actual profiles in a couple of years now at this so point. mouthy buddha did did a video on it yes because it's uh it was associated with isaac cappy as well at the time mm. um, okay i'll keep an eye out for that Get that going. Yeah. I like uh, what Bully Seed again in the chat. By the way, you got to get in the chat. Hashtag Green Room. Uh, when Ricky Gervais hosted the Oscars and was just calling everybody out, they showed him front and center. He was, he was squirming. He was not happy with that whole thing. Nope. How dare you shoot on me? How dare you? <laughs> we're, the, we're the elites. Don't How shoot on me, you? Ricky Bobby. Don't you get that demon away, Ricky Bobby? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I have some. Can I? Can I give a little uh, shit karma to Tom Hanks? You may. This is just on the fly. Well, I feel like shit. Oh shit! Feeling like a saggy mass of sack of shit. Oh shit! Fuck that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck you, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and fuck that horse you came in on, smarmy guy. Fuck you. Fuck your face. Fuck the horse that face rode in on. Yeah, good luck in your mansion there, buddy. Yeah, temperature check this, motherfucker. Uh, I'm sorry. We should probably, we should really consider cleaning up our act. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can taste I can taste it on the wind. Good, good one. Yeah. Good one, man. <laughs> expletive. Mother expletive. We just need to have the beep noise, and every time we say anything, we just censor ourselves in real time. Oh. Like they want to. Mm-hmm. They get off on it. They have to do it. They they do get off on it. Hell yeah. Oh. She Ugh. Ugh. Crunchy. I gotta, I gotta move that over to a different one. Anyways. It's filthy. Was that it was that was great. I'm straight in my, my pie hole. Um this uh clip that survey was linking to is thirty two seconds long. You wanna hit this real quick? Hit it. God. <laughs> this is a uh, saved perfect. Nice. That's a, Thank you, Servo, for sending in that audio of yourself in the a, car. <laughs> that's a stacker. That's what we build. A, that's what we'll build our bed on. That's right. <laughs> Shit, fuck, stack. <laughs> as the kids say. Um. Yes. Thank you. It sounded like he was jerking it while he was crushing a Whopper or something. Oh, possibly, yeah. You know, just crushing a cheeseburger. Really enjoying his day. I have to do it. I had to do what's right. Uh, let's uh, check in on the screen mails. How about that? Damn. Oh, why not? Stacking up. Let's uh, check this first one out. Hey, Booberry, did you say something about something called Pod Pink one time, which lets you know when the podcast is released? Because the, my biggest gripe with the podcasting 2.0 is them being slow on the updates when the new podcast is released. Ah! Ah, yes, the old Pod Pink. Uh, that's what uh, we're able to use to tell the index to. Uh, set our RSS feed for immediate updates. That way, every Monday night when Lavish and I get done uh, settling on the RSS feed for that newest episode, I'll go to two different places. One of them is the Podverse admin Podping page, which you can uh, paste in a link and use it to turn on and off the live stream. And I find that one to be a really good way to just kick the shit out of the feed it works pretty quick i mean every monday night when i'm trying to uh get everything updated it's i can see it probably within 30 seconds give or take um now there's other shows out there that have hosts that don't utilize that feature um but you can still go to a couple of different I mean, there's there's a myriad of ways, really. You can actually go to the green room, exclamation point, pod ping, space, the number of a, of a show uh, at the end of the URL to that podcast and the podcast index. You can take that number, paste it after that pod ping command in the chat, 
and uh, that'll actually auto-update the feed. So it's really just a matter of A is the podcast host staying on top of hitting that pod ping anytime that there's a new episode. You can actually go to these uh, blockchain watch feeds, essentially, where you can see all of the pod pings uh, updating in order. Um, and it, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's the it's the ultimate form of discovery because you're just you're watching all of these shows just coming online one right after the other. It's written into the hive blockchain. It's, it's really cool stuff. Podping.watch. Um, and then B, the second part is, is the, is the host staying on top of maintaining that pod ping? Um, whether it be through pod, uh, podverse, the chats, uh, your host, you know, it's just, um, I can guarantee that our shows do as soon as they're uploaded, they're showing in app, uh, other shows. I, I can't really speak too much on, I guess is my final answer. Is that your final answer? <laughs> Am I out of breath yet? <laughs> that was only option D, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> All right. That one got me. <laughs> Let's, uh, I think, uh, caller had a follow up too. Oh, follow up caller. I'll watch out for that hole caller. Don't uh, fall in that hole caller. Dig my own damn hole. I'll dig my own goddamn hole. Um, now we did, you can also text that number six, one, two, two, six, three, seven, nine, nine, nine. We have a uh, text message here. We actually got two in. Uh, first one said from Tom Hanks segment slash clips also happened in 1942 quote executive order 9066 is signed into law, which authorized the physical removal of all Japanese Americans into internment camps. Hmm. Yep. Very much a true story. And, uh, was that, does it, does the texture think that's what Hanks was referencing or is that just, in conjunction with 1942, another fun thing that happened. Um, Who knows? Who knows? I think it's really just speaking on the, um, you know, the government's going to get out there and tell you what to do in the name of your safety. And I'm Tom Hanks, and I support that message. And if you don't, yeah. you're an ignorant cuck. If you don't, you can go to the internment camps. Thanks, and Tom. There was Thank a, you, Texter. There was an article out of one of those West Coast west coast newspapers at the time uh la times maybe washington post but it was basically cheerleading the uh brave new step forward for the japanese americans that of course had been interned at said camps oh this is a wonderful opportunity for them yep um i'll maybe i can find it i'll have to think on what it was actually called um but yeah We'll save, uh, we got a couple more stacked up, but that doesn't mean... save them for a second, second half. Uh, sprinkle them throughout. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do just that. A bit of a sprinkler over here. <laughs> is he, boy, is he a sprinkler or what? Oh, don't mind him. He's one of those sprinklers. You're my family now. Oh, that's a little creepy. You're my family now. <laughs> You're my family now. Hey, that's uh, how the Mothman comes. One uh, one cousin to another in a warrior face. 
You're the best cousin I ever had, brother. <laughs> You're the best cousin I ever fucked. Brother. <laughs> brother. 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 Oh, God. This is... I can't. This is... I'm going to have to bust out that sensor button. Um, how, about, uh, how about an intermission instead? Oh, I think... Uh, I think we can shake on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this is the part of the show where I get to drop a super exclusive, never-before-seen type dealio into the chat uh, because I got a fun announcement for you. Malachi is back on the attack with making some new music, so get excited for this, motherfuckers, because uh, he's got a new EP coming out called Meat Grease. Meat Grease. Uh, Slide that EP on there. Uh, And I might have done a little bit of artwork for him. (laughs) We'll be right back after this quick intermission. crippled and really crippled is the level of crippled where people are surprised that we're outside but the good thing about being 
a really crippled as if this comedy thing doesn't work out. I can always be an artist, and I don't have to be a good artist. I could be a real shit artist. All I have to do is doodle on a little piece of paper, put it up in a museum, people walk up next to it. What is that shit? I roll up next to it. It comes from my inner pain. Grand. We'll get 50 grand for that piece of shit. Now the worst level crippled, the absolute worst is too crippled. These cripples are too crippled to exist. They make you question God's plan. Like Jesus Christ, were we really made in his image? Did he fuck up or what? Like the only difference between uh, really crippled and too crippled is, I can do this. <laughs> I know, I know, stop showing off. tell you about Ahsoka Tano? She was your father's exotic teenage alien apprentice, a fine piece of jailbait from a more civilized age. She had the tightest body and the perkiest little breasts in the galaxy, barely legal in most systems. Anakin and I used to double-team her at the end of every successful campaign during the Clone Wars, and once in a while we'd even have the entire 500 first run a train over her, part of official Jedi training, of course. In time... She learned how to handle a meat saber better than anyone in the Jedi Temple. She wore a miniskirt every day, so we told her there were no panties in space. 
And since she was constantly doing acrobatics, you'd get a glimpse of her orange pussy mid-fight as she'd do a flip while slicing a B2 super battle droid in half. It was surreal. We taught her to grip her weapon backwards like a dildo, and she constantly got captured by pirates and slavers almost every other day. It was ridiculous, like a constant porno look. You have no idea. And she was a good friend. of the uh, beginning of the universe. God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays, that you're thinking of the wrong God. Because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant. Because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. So you have time, space, matter created, a trinity of trinities there. Just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid, gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously. And the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? The God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for and the, the concept of a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body, well then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that form by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay, I'm Stalin. Uh, I give a speech. Then one of you stands up and criticizes me, attacks me. Okay, everybody knows that the next day the question would be who saw that guy the last... Who, uh, okay, but then imagine that another guy would stand up and attack the first guy who attacked me, Stalin, and would say, are you crazy? We don't attack Comrade Stalin in Soviet Union. Why are you doing this? I claim that this second guy would disappear even faster than the first guy. <laughs> that is to say, it wasn't only prohibited to criticize Stalin, it was even more prohibited to publicly announce this prohibition. This is the level at which customs function. This implicit, let's call it the implicit obscene underside of prohibitions which one shouldn't announce, of transgressions which remain implicit. It's not only that something is prohibited, but that prohibition itself is prohibited in the sense that it's prohibited to, how should I put it, to announce it publicly.
now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to second, second half of Behind the Schemes, episode 140. Yes, right. It's episode 140. It's February 20th, 2023, 9.51 p.m. over here on the bereft coast, which means that it's 11.51 over there in the central. Yeah, it's almost midnight, my sewer. It's almost midnight. You're nine minutes away from midnight. Nine minutes to midnight. Nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, still no go on the on the sub stack. That's uh, highly annoying. But uh, Guzman came into the chats and uh, had a clarification for us. Uh, what was mm-hmm. that? I want to make sure it I was that in '42. Uh, there were Tom Hanks said that U.S. was on a better trajectory in 1942, but he looked it up, and in 1942, uh, the internment camps were going on. So, mm-hmm. lots of crazy shit like Joe Biden being born in 1942. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Hold on. Wow. Let's see here. I want this wiki. Okay. Where the hell? Born November 20th. 1942, five days before Thanksgiving. Mm. He's 80 years old, about mm. to be 81 this year. That sounds right. It checks out. Oh, wait, about to be. It's February. Oops. That's eh, close enough. That's eh, close enough. What can you do? Born uh, in Scranton. And it was the LA Times that was writing articles, which makes sense because it was... Uh, it was headed up by a eugenicist uh, during its early years, the actual L.A. Times operation. Oh? Mm-hmm. You, what was the name of this individual? Oh, goodness. Um, oh, let me see here. I'll have to go back and think about it. It's, uh, it came up when we watched that movie, or I watched uh, and brought clips of the Tomorrow Children, I believe mm-hmm. is what it was called. Let's see. This might be able to find an answer here for you quick enough. No, it's all right. If if it's uh, if uh, it's too much trouble, don't worry about it. It'll come back to me later. I might be able to find it during a clip. Um, but we all right. Sh- we should stop here for a second and thank a few people that came in to help produce some uh, public ass public ass radio tonight. Indeed, we should. And uh, y'all can't see it, unfortunately, but. Uh, we had a couple of PayPal donations come through. Uh, first of which was Sir Manny for $6.66. Uh, thank you, Sir Manny. Yeah, appreciate it. I hope you're doing well there. Uh, it's been a while. Check in with us. How you doing? Yeah. You still hanging around down south? You... In the Big Easy? You rolling around? Where you at? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, baby girl? <laughs> What's going on? Your daddy let you date. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you for that. We also had a, a Sir Cross Stitch's monthly donation of $5.33 uh, come in as well. Uh, excellent. Thank you, Sir Cross Stitch. Yeah, like we always bring up, the monthly donations are 
very much appreciated. We put that towards the sort of monthly payments that we got, um, which mostly includes spook.social, which is our uh, activity pub Mastodon account that you can sign up for free. We uh, ended up getting that upgraded, so it seems mostly stable now. If you try to sign up and you don't get a confirmation email, let me know. Uh, whether it be you hit me up on various Mastodons or uh, shoot me an email, boo at behindtheschemes.com. Get you squared away. I got I got word over the weekend that uh, some other uh, individuals were having issues getting signed up because the emails weren't coming back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just the one, so we'll see what happens. A little hiccups here and there, but yeah, just just let him know, let or let me know, let anyone know. Just shout it out to the sky. <laughs> shout it loud, Someone shout it proud. <laughs> Someone most definitely will come. Boo at BehindTheSchemes.com. Does, does schemes have threes or are they regular E's? Uh, they have threes. And they can the also threes. They can email lavish at lavish at BehindTheSchemes.com. S-E-H-3-M-3-S. Indeed. Threes for E's and schemes. Absolutely. Literally. Um, and then we had actually uh, three different art submissions come through, uh, which I'm very excited to share with all of you. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, or maybe should, katana slice. should we give pizza on the floor? I believe uh, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get it. Kill it. Kill it. Oh, yeah. Boom. Ooh. There's a lot of goats out there. This is a crazy fucking world, dude. The whole goat thing is just spiraling out of control. Get a reservation at Dorsia now, you stupid bastard. <laughs> murder, 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 murder. Burn it down, shoot them, murder them. And we kill those people. This is crack cocaine. This is absolutely crack cocaine. This is this is cheap. This is crack cocaine. Vicious. You know, I get the I get the memory, the muscle memory where I just cover my eyes right away. Oh yeah, mouth open though. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Who's that saying? Yeah, you know what? Cheers to you, bud. Cheers. Good vintage. <sighs> Delicious. Mmm. Uh, Pizar, thank you. That's uh, a <laughs> quite the slaughter fest. Was it thirteen? Thirteen, I believe. One, 13 two, three. beautiful goats. Goodness. Just what a cacophony of, of murder, viciousness, <laughs> um, unrelenting uh, depravity. 
This is what happens. This is what happens when you uh, support a <laughs> value for value show. <laughs> this is public support, what it was meant to be. Back in the old ancient Greek times, this is how you would share with your community. You would slaughter goats. Um, yeah, that's... I really... At some point... And I, I know that it's totally doable, but a little just red diode screen that had a number on it. Just a little physical screen you could have posted up, and it's just a counter of all the goats sitting here. Mm. <laughs> Super. Way to have the pile, we could, and then the pile gets bigger. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, should do that. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, we had a a handful of art submissions come through. Let me uh, let me drop those in the chat so you can check them out. Uh, one, yeah. uh, two of them came from Make Heroism. Uh, he did a uh, mock-up of the A Lifetime of Secrets Behind the Green Door patch that we discussed uh, two weeks ago. And uh, he, he's, he gussied it up to say A Lifetime of Schemes in the Green Room. Very, it looks very uh, satan very, very professional. Nice. Yes, looks legit. Very incredibly legit. And uh, I'm still trying to dig up the... Ah, there it is. He also did another uh, sort of banner going live type of uh, art. I'm getting ready to drop that one here for y'all to check out. Uh, And it's of (laughs) Yogi and Boo Boo. (laughs) Yeah, this was an obscure reference from uh, Planet Rage. They they did a play on your name, Booberry Boo Boo. Mm. And... uh, it evolved into this art piece that, that you can find right here at zosuscorner.substack.com. And there was one last one that came through from Private Browsing. And uh <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> this is uh this is a doozy here. Uh she she drew a rock it roll clown and a mothmon. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the mothmon. It's a it's a Pokemon take. On on the BTS uh, scheme, you know what it's like. <laughs> Do you want to know what it's like? What is it like? It's like Pokemon. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I really i I was asking you what uh, what she ended up drawing it with, and it was the uh, alcohol. Alcohol, yeah, yeah. Those I really like those markers. Alcohol markers. Yeah, it's good shit. Thank you very much. I that's <laughs> I love the chest hair. <laughs> uh, it makes sense. You should have the chest hair. You're getting all this cheesecake art. You got bags, getting a little uh frisky there with the rump. The chest hair. I know. That's the uh, theme with the rock and roll clown is he's always showing a little too much skin. Mm. You know, the, the, the cut on the shirt is just a little too low. You can just barely see his ass crack, you know? <laughs> I was thinking slutty podcaster, but... <laughs> Delicious. Runs around. That, uh, this d- does uh, share a lot with that 
fantastic bags art. The Castlevania art. Mm. Oh. You know, I'm always going to be in absolute favor of pop cultural appropriation, so. Yes, yes. Easy. No one's gotten in trouble yet, so. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Cash me outside, pig. Uh, Jim? Cameron? Uh, And we also had a couple of uh, ISOs come through. I didn't get a chance to write those into the show notes for tonight. Um, We had those two from DAG, but uh, we also got this one from uh, from Tunta. Can I get a privilege check on aisle 33? (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. In the show, closer. Ah, gorgeous. Thank you, Junta. Yeah, I hope you're doing well, bud. Yeah. Let's see, get that queued up. Oh, yeah. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Oh, it's going to be so good. So good. Ooh. Good. Ooh. Yeah, you like that? Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty good, They're right? both spicy. These are, these are good ISOs coming in here. Mmm. Oh, yeah. You know it. Um, yeah. Uh, you can always go over to badradio.live or behindtheschemes.com and uh, support yourself some... Uh, some value for value podcast, and you're going to love yourself for it. Indeed. Indeed. And also, uh, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who may have tuned in on Friday, Friday night. I hopped on the stream and I played some tunes, and every now and again we do that. Because uh, this is fun. It's a good time. And we're not, it's not being published, so we can play whatever we want. I did not tune in because I was in bed by 8 o'clock. Oh, and yeah. by bed I mean the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody was getting some good rest on Friday, like you did. You know, I just I like being on just in case you know you got to get something to fall asleep to. Mm, Even absolutely. though I'd say it was a little, the music was a bit aggressive, so maybe. Oh, I if you know, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, it's probably a good thing. Uh, so anyway, thanks everybody who came in for that. And, uh, and yeah, there you go. Uh, let's check in on the, the screen mails here, shall we? Let's. Uh, we did get a text from Texter saying, Six Mile, uh, interesting show content or just material to review. I'm ass- uh, thank you for your courage. And I'm assuming that Texter is referring to the Six Mile Island. What other, is there any other Six Mile reference there? Six Mile Island? Yeah, wasn't that where the there was a nuclear disaster there? Or, That's uh, um, Three Mile. Oh. Three Mile Island. Let's see. I think. Let me, let me confirm that. Six Mile Island State Nature Preserve. The Office of Kentucky Nature Preserves owns and manages the pres- uh, preserve and was dedicated June 24th, 1979. It's under de- uh, undeveloped Rivervine Island and is known for its extensive variety of water birds. Even though the uh, preserve has a variety of birds, not many people visit the island uh, as the only access is by boat. And it uh, received its name for its distance from the falls of the Ohio, much like 14 Mile Creek and 12 Mile Island, also located along the Ohio River. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. The great steamboat race during the Kentucky Derby Festival turns around at Six Mile Island as the halfway marker. Oh, that's probably a fucking great time. 
Uh, steamboat races? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's a blast. I bet people are partying and, oh, I bet that's a good time. This is uh, in Ohio? Uh, Kentucky. It's in Kentucky. Right okay. on the border, it seems. Uh, outside of Louisville? Ah, okay. The, is, and you said that something was founded in 1979? Uh, the Preserve. It just so happens that the Three Mile Island accident happened in 1979. Oh, what? Mm. And that was in Pennsylvania, near Harrisburg. Okay. See if we yeah. find anything else right off the top here. Uh, oh, there's also another one in Alaska, maybe? Hmm. It's probably the first one that Texter is referring to. It's my guess. All right. Yeah. I'll take it. I want the book. Three-fifths mile island. <laughs> uh, we also had a call come in from previous caller from uh, the first second half of the show. So let's see what they had to say. Damn it. Sometimes I forget. Damn it. Damn. What happened? Where you go? Damn. 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 Oh my god, so much bass. <laughs> A little bassy, don't you think? Oh, not bassy enough. Damn. Damn, that's a hard-ass riff. Damn, that's a big-ass gap. <laughs> Damn, drive a semi through that. <laughs> Oh lordy! Uh, oh lordy! Six is one forty. Six one two two six three seven nine 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 is that number that you're going to want to call. Leave yourself a scream out. We still got plenty of time for you to get one in there. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking I'm going to change it up a little bit tonight. Hmm. I don't know if you're ready for this jelly, but um, I found a short story. I would like to share with you. Ah. You know, on page or on paper, it seemed about five pages. It's nothing too terribly long. It's about 15 minutes. And then I got some clips from a film adaptation I'd like to share with you. Uh, So uh, very well, very well. So you may have heard of a little uh, author by the name of Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, yes. Very famous guy. He wrote a story called Harrison Bergeron. Are you familiar with this one? I am not familiar. Ah, yes. All right. Well, strap yourself in because this one, I I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Let me take a sip of my water here. Very professional like. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We also had a boost come in from Guzman saying uh, for 2420. (laughs) 2420. He says, I need the schemes. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Sorry. He needs the schemes via Podverse. Yeah. Harrison uh, Burger on. Yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and we'll get this started here. The year was 2081, and everybody was finally equal. They weren't only equal before God and the law, they were equal every which way. Nobody was smarter than anybody else. Nobody was better looking than anybody else. Nobody was stronger or quicker than anybody else. All this equality was due to the 211th, 212th, and 213th Amendments to the Constitution, and to the unceasing vigilance of agents of the United States Handicapper General. 
Some things about living still weren't quite right, though. April, for uh, for instance, still drove people crazy by not being springtime. And it was in that clammy month that HG men took George and Hazel's Berger, uh, Hazel Bergeron's 14-year-old son, Harrison, away. It was tragic, all right, but George and Hazel couldn't think about it very hard. Hazel had a perfectly average intelligence, which meant she couldn't think about anything except in short bursts. And George, while his intelligence was way above normal, had a little mental handicap radio in his ear. He was required by law to wear it at all times. It was tuned to a government transmitter. Every 20 seconds or so, the transmitter would send out some sharp noise to keep people like George from taking unfair advantage of their brains. George and Hazel were watching television. There were tears on Hazel's cheeks, but she had forgotten, for the moment, what they were about. On the television, sc- on the television screen were ballerinas. A buzzer sounded in George's head. His thoughts fled in panic, like bandits from a burglar alarm. That was a real pretty dance. They danced just, uh, that dance they just did, said Hazel. Huh? said George. That was, uh, that dance, it was nice, said Hazel. Yep, said George. He tried to think a little bit about the ballerinas. They weren't really, uh, very good, no better, excuse me. They weren't really very good, no better than anybody else would have been anyway. They were burdened with sash weights and bags of birdshot, and their faces were masked, so that no one, seeing a free and graceful gesture or a pretty face, would feel like something the cat drug in. George was toying with the vague notion that maybe dancers shouldn't be handicapped, but he didn't get very far with it before another noise in his ear radio scattered his thoughts. George winced. So did two out of the eight ballerinas. Hazel saw him wince. Having no mental handicap herself, she had to ask George what that latest sound had been. Sounded like somebody hitting a milk bottle with a ball peen hammer, said George. I'd like, I'd, I'd think it would be real interesting hearing all the different sounds, said Hazel, a little envious. All the things they think up. Um, said George. Only if I was a handicapper general. You know what I would do, said Hazel. Hazel, as a matter of fact, bore a strong resem- uh, resemblance to the handicapper general. A woman named Diana Moon Glampers. If I was Diana Moon Glampers, said Hazel, I'd have chimes on Sunday, just chimes. Kind of an honor of religion. I could think if it was just chimes, said George. Well, maybe make them real loud, said Hazel. I think I'd make a good handicapper general. Good as anybody else, said George. Who knows better than I do what normal is, said Hazel. Right, said George. He began to think glimmeringly about his abnormal son, who was now in jail about Harrison, but a 21-gun salute in his head stopped that. Boy, said Hazel, that was a doozy, wasn't it? It was such a doozy that George was white and trembling, and tears stood on the rims of his red eyes. Two of the eight ballerinas had collapsed on the studio floor, were holding their temples. All of a sudden, you look so tired, said Hazel. Why don't you stretch out on the sofa, so you can rest your handicap bag on the pillows, honey bunch? She was referring to the 47 pounds of birdshot in a canvas badge, uh, bag, which was padlocked around George's neck. Go on and rest the bag for a little while, she said. I don't care if you're not equal to me for a while. George weighed the bag with his hands. I don't mind it, he said. I don't notice it anymore. It's just a part of me. You've been so tired lately. Kind of worn out, said Hazel. 
If there was just some way we could make a little hole in the bottom of the bag and just take out a few of them lead balls, just a few. Two years in prison and uh, $2,000 fine for every ball I took out, said George. I don't call that a bargain. If you could just take out a few when it came home when you came home from work, said Hazel. I mean, you don't compete with anybody when you're around here. You just sit around. If I tried to get away with it, said George, then other people would get away with it. And pretty soon we'd be right back to the dark ages again with everybody competing against everybody else. You wouldn't like that, would you? I'd hate it, said, uh, said Hazel. Well, there you are, said George. The minute people started cheating on laws, what do you think happens to society? If Hazel hadn't been able to come up with an answer to this question, George couldn't have supplied one. A siren was going off in his head. Reckon it'd fall apart, said Hazel. What would, said George blankly. Society, said Hazel uncertainly. What wasn't, uh, wasn't that what you had just said? Who knows, said George. The television program was suddenly interrupted for a news bulletin. It wasn't clear at first as to what the bulletin was about, since the announcer, like all announcers, had a serious speech impediment. For about half a minute, in a state of high excitement, the announcer tried to say, Ladies and gentlemen, he finally gave up, handed the bulletin to a ballerina to read. That's all right, said uh, Hazel said of the announcer. He tried. That's the big thing. He tried to do the best he could with what God gave him. He should get a nice raise for trying so hard. Ladies and gentlemen, said the ballerina, reading the bulletin. She must have been extraordinarily beautiful, because the mask she wore was hideous, and it was easy to see that she was the strongest and most graceful of all the dancers, for her handicap uh, bags were as big as those worn by 200-pound men. And she had to apologize at once for her voice, which was a very unfair voice for a woman to use. Her voice was a warm, luminous, timeless melody. Excuse me, she said, and she began again, making her voice absolutely uncompetitive. Harrison Bergeron, age 14, she said in a grackle squawk, has just escaped from jail, where he was held on suspicion of plotting to overthrow the government. He is a genius and an athlete, is under-handicapped, and should be regarded as extremely dangerous. A police photograph of Harrison Bergeron was flashed on the screen upside down, then sideways, upside down again, then right side up. The picture showed the full length of Harrison against a background uh, calibrated in feet and inches. He was exactly seven feet tall. The rest of Harrison's appearance was Halloween and hardware. Nobody had ever borne heavier handicaps. He had outgrown hindrances faster than the HG men could think them up. Instead of a little ear radio for a mental handicap, he wore a tremendous pair of earphones and spectacles with thick, wavy lenses. The spectacles were intended to make him not only half-blind, but to give him a wanking headaches uh, besides. Scrap metal was hung all over him. Ordinarily, there was a certain symmetry, a military neatness to the handicaps issued to strong people, but Harrison looked like a walking junkyard. In the race of life, Harrison carried 300 pounds. And to offset his good looks, the HG men required that he wear at all times a red rubber ball for a nose, keep his eyebrows shaved off, and cover his even white teeth with, with uh, black caps at Snaggletooth Random. <laughs> if you see this boy, said the ballerina, do not, I repeat, do not try to reason with him. There was a shriek of a door being torn from its hinges. Screams and barking cries of consternation came from the television set. The photograph of Harrison Bergeron on the screen jumped again and again, as though dancing to the tune of an earthquake. 
George Bergeron correctly identified the earthquake, and well, he might have, for many was the time his own home had danced to that same crashing tune. My God, said George, that must be Harrison. The realization was blasted from his mind instantly by the sound of an automobile collision in his head. When George could open his eyes again, the photograph of Harrison was gone. A living, breathing Harrison filled the screen. Clanking, clownish, and huge, Harrison stood in the center of the studio. The knob of an uprooted studio door was still in his hand. Ballerinas, technicians, musicians, and announcers cowered on their knees before him, expecting to die. I am the Emperor, cried Harrison. Do you hear? I am the Emperor. Everybody must do what I say at once. He stamped his foot and the studio shook. Even as I stand here, he bellowed, crippled, hobbled, sickened. I am a greater ruler than any man who ever lived. Now watch me become what I can become. Harrison tore the straps of his handicap harness like wet tissue paper. Tore straps guaranteed to support 5,000 pounds. Harrison's scrap iron handicaps crashed to the floor. Harrison thrust his thumbs under the bar of the padlock that secured his head harness. The bar snapped like celery. Harrison smashed his headphones and the spectacles against the wall. He flung, his <laughs> he flung away his rubber ball nose, revealed a man that would have awed Thor, the god of thunder. I shall now select my empress, he said. Looking down on the cowering people, let the first woman who dare, dares rise to her feet claim her mate and her throne. A moment passed, and then a ballerina arose, swaying like a willow. Harrison plucked the mental handicap from her ear, snapped off her physical handicaps with marvelous delicacy. Last of all, he removed her mask. She was blindingly beautiful. Now, said Harrison, taking her hand, shall we show the people the meaning of the world dance? Music, he commanded. The musicians scrambled back into their chairs, and Harrison stripped them of their handicaps, too. Play your best, he told them, and I'll make you barons and dukes and earls. The music began. It was normal at first, cheap, silly, false. But Harrison snatched two musicians from their chairs, waved them like batons as he sang the music that, as he wanted it played, he slammed them back into their chairs. The music began again and was much improved. Harrison and his empress merely listened to the music for a while, listened gravely as though synchronizing their heartbeats with it. They shifted the weight, their weights to their toes. Harrison placed his big hands on the girl's tiny waist, letting her sense the weightlessness that would soon be hers. And then, in an explosion of joy and grace, into the air they sprang. Not only were the laws, uh, laws of the land abandoned, but the law of gravity and the laws of motion as well. They reeled, whirled, swiveled, flounced, capered, gambled, and spun. They, le uh, they leaped like deer on the moon. The studio's ceiling was 30 feet high, but each leap brought the dancers nearer to it. It became obvious intention to kiss the ceiling, and they kissed it. And then, neutraling gravity with love and pure will, will, they remained suspended in air, inches below the ceiling, and they kissed each other for a long, long time. It was then that Diana Moon Glampers, the handicapper general, came into the studio with a double-barreled 10-gauge shotgun. She fired twice, and the Emperor and the Empress were dead before they hit the floor. Diana Moon Glampers loaded the gun again. She aimed at the musicians and told them they had 10 seconds to get their handicaps back on. It was then that the Bergeron's television tube burned out. Hazel turned to comment about the blackout to George. But George had gone into the kitchen for a can of beer. 
George came back in with a beer, paused while a handicap signal shook him up, and then he sat down again. You've been crying, he said to Hazel. Yep, she said. What about, he said. I forget, she said. Something real sad on television. What was it, he said. It's all kind of mixed up in my mind, said Hazel. I forget sad things, said George. I always do, said Hazel. That's my girl, said George. He winced. There was the sound of a riveting gun in his head. Gee, I could tell that one was a doozy, said Hazel. You can say that again, said George. Gee, said Hazel. I could tell that one was a doozy. And that's Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Fun little ditty. Um, And that uh, opening clip that we actually started off tonight with was uh, a clip pulled from a version of that movie called Harrison Bergeron that starred Sean Astin. Oh, interesting. What what, uh, year did that film come out? Ooh, good question. That was... uh, I want to say like late nineties. I'll, huh. I'll, I'll find that date for you. It's actually free on the on the blue tubes. Nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. That that makes sense given the uh, image that you've put in the show notes. Yeah, but the the whole thing's available on uh, YouTube, so you can check it out. It's uh, pretty Excellent. good. Pretty good stuff. Um, and I actually I do have a handful of clips from the. From that version, uh, there's another shorter one that's a little newer. I think 2017. I didn't get a chance to check that one out. And this one, uh, this one was Sean Astin. It's a little more fleshed out. I mean, it's a an hour and a half movie as opposed to this 15 minute short story. Mm. Um, but there was some interesting points brought up in the movie. I I, I would like to shout out like um, everything is kept in the 1950s since that's when the Americans were the happiest before the Second American Revolution. Uh, people were executed for illegal left turns, um, and it was broadcasted on public television to high ratings. Uh, yeah, very Roman. Yeah, big, big Gattaca vibes. That's what this movie most reminded me of. Mm. Um, the if you're going to kill people, you might as well make uh, a buck doing it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Televise it. Ad- <laughs> run ads. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of mentions and discussions on television, and that's sort of the, of course, the opiate of the masses. You know, what's not to love? Uh, what else? Uh, TV has to be shown so that it is equally enjoyable for everybody. Um, and I would, I would put this on the uh, Conspiracy Curiositors watch list. Easy. Oh, I should also say that this uh, this story by Vonnegut was actually r- referenced in a handful of legal cases, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. In 2017, the Kansas Supreme Court uh, takes up school finance case, uh, and one of the lawyers in that case referenced this story. Attorneys representing students from the Shawnee Mission District say the story Harrison Bergeron shows a world of forced equality would be a nightmare. So unequal funding of public schools is okay. Uh, the actual what they were arguing is the court had ruled that the 2.7 billion in school funding is inadequate and distributed unfairly. The legislation has approved a one 142 million dollar increase and allowed the local districts to raise property taxes nearly 500 million dollars more. 
Critics said at the time the increase is not enough and the local property tax options will widen the disparity between the wealthy and poor districts. Um, uh, quote, any attempt to cap local taxes for school is unconstitutional, they argue, uh, quote, because it is impermissibly, it, sorry, because it impermissibly infringes on individual liberty and related fundamental rights and uh, usurps local school board authority to supplement public education over and above the suitable level. Uh, so basically, they're saying that they're not going to be able to tax the poorer districts enough to uh, pay out the school fund, school budgets equally. Mm-hmm. And, and I, they use this book as a reference just just to put the image through how certain people are crippled in order to supplement other people. Yeah, uh, one of the attorneys said the handicap handicapper general was like the state putting a cap on how much local schools can spend on students, which restricts free will in the pursuit of excellence. Uh, we don't want to cut off any mountaintops. We want to raise the valleys so kids in poor areas come up to the mountaintops. Um, so I'm not I'm not really sure how this story uh, resolved. To be completely fair, um, but what <laughs> what I also have is uh, Scalia actually referenced this story in a case that involved uh, the PGA. Yeah. Or about the, the PGA? Yeah, believe it or not. What? Casey Martin suffered a, from a circulatory disorder that made it hard for him to walk a golf course. Martin asked to use a golf cart in a PGA qualifying tournament. PGA refused, citing the rule requiring golfers to walk between holes. Martin sued under the ADA, which requires public accommodations to make reasonable modifications in order to allow disabled customers to use them, unless such modifications would fundamentally alter the value, uh, alter the nature of such accommodations. Hmm. Uh, so the question for the Supreme Court was: Did the uh, whether the ADA required pro golf tournaments to admit contestants with disabilities? And second, whether allowing a disabled contestant to ride around on a golf course a cart would, quote, fundamentally alter the nature of a PGA golf tournament. Uh, it was a 7-2 to ruling. Scalia dissented. And um, here's a quick ex- excerpt from that. And they it, voted in favor of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. If one assumes, however, that the PGA Tour has some legal obligation to play classic platonic golf, and if one assumes the correctness of all the other wrong turns the court has made to get to this point, then we justices must confront what is indeed an awesome responsibility. It has been rendered the solemn duty of the Supreme Court of the United States laid upon by Congress in pursuance of the federal government's power to, quote, regulate commerce with foreign nations and among, other, the, among the several states uh, to decide what is golf. I am sure that the framers of the Constitution aware of the 1457 Edict of King James II of Scotland, prohibiting golf because it interfered with the practice of archery, fully expected that sooner or later the paths of golf and government, the law and the links, would once again cross, and that the judges of this august court would someday have to wrestle with that old age Jewish uh, prudential question for which their years of law, uh, years of study in the law, has so well prepared for him. Uh, is someone riding around a golf course from shot to shot really a golfer? The answer we learn is yes. The court ultimately concludes and will henceforth be the law of the land that walking is not a, quote, fundamental aspect of golf. 
And uh, he does wrap it here with um, complaints about this case are not pro uh, properly directed to Congress. They are properly directed to this court's Kafka-esque determination that professional sports organizations and the fields they rent for their exhibitions are places of public accommodation to the competing athletes and the athletes right. themselves customers of the organization that pays them. It's Alice in Wonderland's determination that there are such things as judicially uh, determinable essential and non-essential rules of a made-up game. And it's Animal Farm determination that fairness in the ADA means that everyone gets to play by individualized rules, which will assure that no one's lack of ability, or at least no one's lack of ability so pronounced that it amounts to a disability, will be a handicap. Quote, the year was 2001, and everybody was finally equal. And he quotes Harrison right there at the end. Hmm. He sneaks it in. Yep. The uh, the ADA or the American Disabilities Act is it, just from my experience. It's usually targeted towards like uh, public places, like what they said. It's designed like public bathrooms. Say in a high rise, your bathrooms need to have uh, ADA compliance. They have to have grab bars and stuff like that. Yeah, apartment ramps. Apartment ramps, you know, it probably applies to stagecraft. You got to have, for certain places, you have to be able to have, you know, wheelchair access and things like that. Uh, so to apl to apply it to the PGA, to apply it to a private gaming franchise, it does make sense. That does cross a line. That isn't just like a bathroom somewhere, you know. But uh, I can see why that the ADA would be used in that. Uh, situation <laughs> like a bludgeoning device yeah because that's a that's a big one he is a big old hammer comes down on everybody you know mm -hmm. but some places enforce it more than others you know a, every tool has its appropriate time and place an appropriate job mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. most definitely every tool also has its inappropriate time place and and job yeah <laughs> Sometimes you're using the wrong tool. Put that away. Get the right tool. Um. So the uh, I got three clips. Maybe maybe I'll just do one or two. We'll see what happens. Um. This one. So this is the scene that immediately follows this classroom bit. So the whole gag of it is is that he's too smart to graduate. They're trying to dumb him down in this film version with Sean Astin, and uh, he ends up getting an A plus. He gets chastised in class. Everybody else is getting C's, C minuses, B minuses. Um, those are the students that are really excelling. And uh, the teacher decides that he has to go see his um, handicapper therapist. Harrison, what is the first article of the new American Constitution? That all men are not created equal. It's the responsibility of the government to render them so. Indeed. Well, son, you are one of those men. And for all intents and purposes, I am the government. It's a simple procedure, really. We just create electronic blockages at certain points. The brain is forced to reroute messages and information around these blockages. The new routes require double or triple the time. All mental activity is slowed and intelligence drops drastically is it risky oh not at all the surgery is carried out through uh, 
two tiny holes uh, drilled in the skull. He'll be out of hospital in a couple of days at most. Well, I suppose we should talk it over with his father. Yeah. Mrs. Bergeron, the operation is not optional. The handicapping guidelines make it mandatory for cases like Harrison's. Oh. Well, maybe we should just try adjusting the band again. I mean, an operation seems so permanent. I'm sorry. No. You have a very special mind, Harrison. Extraordinary, really. Whatever electrical intrusions we place, your brain overcomes them. Great. Oh, tell me the truth, Harrison. Won't you be just a little relieved when you're just the same as everybody else? It's lonely being smart. When can you schedule us? Is tomorrow too soon? Oh, no. That'll be fine. We've got a wedding to plan. <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh man how do uh how do you how do you imagine people get their rocks off in this day and time 2081 everybody's wearing these smart bands uh do they rub their lead bags together oh pretty close but uh, uh not not quite this the full cigar they actually get together you can go to these special houses right and employ certain individuals for their certain set of skills, right? You know what I'm getting at, yeah? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The um, world's oldest, uh-huh, mm -hmm. uh-huh. The world's oldest, the game of chess, baby. Well, Harrison, are there any particular openings you'd like to explore? What do you mean? Well, you know, Sicilian, Queen's Gambit, Rue Lopez. <laughs> what did you think I meant? Nothing. Uh, I don't know. Listen, what did that lady mean downstairs about... Special intellectual stimulation? Well, if you like, I can play without my band. But that's against the law. We're alone in here. Hey, what if the cops come? An alarm? Well, how do you know I won't turn you in? You wouldn't do that now, would you? What would they do to you? Probably shoot me. You're brave. You gonna report me, Harrison? There's a telephone downstairs. Call the police. Move. You know, it won't be much of a contest if you keep your band on. I can hold my own. Thank you very much. I'm sure you do a lot of that. <laughs> Would you stop being so weird and just play chess, please? <laughs> okay. That's right. The doctor at his school recommends that he goes to this parlor to get in um, a last sort of hurrah in his intellectualism as he goes to <laughs> play a game of chess against a woman who's not wearing this, uh, this inhibitor band. <laughs> Thrilling. I know, right? Insatiable. Yeah. There's another classic line in this, uh, in this film. I'll put the gun to Beethoven's head myself. <laughs> oh man and there was one last uh iso here don't fuck with the will of the people I'm talking about uh, you can't mess with people's television programming man don't fuck with the will of the people it's pretty easy pretty easy stuff that's a good tattoo to have yeah i thought so yeah yeah and that's uh that's harrison burger on that's all i got on it Boom. Nice. 
a, a sweet uh, a Vonnegut cut. Yeah. Well, you know, shaking it up a little bit. Excellent. I always appreciate, you know, when we add a, a little literature to the to the schemes. Feeling kind of inspired after uh, last week's episode, Charlie Robinson did some discussion on the art of war. Yes, yes. Uh, if anyone didn't catch that, by the way, you should check it to episode 139 with Charlie Robinson, author of several books, including uh, The Octopus of Global Control and the host of Macroaggressions. And yeah. uh, do you want to wrap things up, get some screen mills in and call it a night? Surely. Uh, let's see what we got on the horn. Hey, I was just nope. calling because I looked up something you guys were talking about with Tom Hanks. Mm. You mentioned the year 1942, I mm-hmm. think, that a lot of things were even looking up back then. And now that, you know, shit's all fucked up now. But anyway, I looked up that mm-hmm. year because it said, you know, it was going well. And I looked up kind of stuff that happened that year. People born that year, Joe Biden. Was one yep. of, uh, also a lot of military advancements happened that year. We entered World War II, uh, I believe. So a lot of crazy shit happened in that year. But yeah, that's, uh, pretty much it. Thought it was interesting. I wanted to share. Can't scream right now because little one's sleeping. Mm, so, uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ah. Oh yeah. What? Ah. Oh, he was, ah. Come on, yeah. get down with the sickness, mother. Get so, up. <laughs> when did okay? So, if we got into World War Two in '42, does that mean Pearl Harbor happened in '42? Pearl Harbor in December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Mm. Just shy of forty-two. So close, or less than a month. Yeah, forty-two, a good year, says Tom Hanks. Um, wasn't he in a night, uh, World War II movie? As a matter of fact, all the while he was promoting the COVID stuff through the clips that we played tonight, he was also promoting his World War II movie, Greyhound. Oh. Greyhound. Let's see when Greyhound was uh, set. I thought that was the movie about him sucking dick out back by the dumpster. <laughs> Those are all the other ones. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> oh, it is set in 42. Oh, my God. That's So that's probably why he was bringing it up, is because he was referencing his film, Greyhound, which was, he's a commander of a U.S. Navy vessel on an escort destroyer, uh, and he's uh, in a fight with German U-boats in 42. And that's like, I watched the movie. It's really boring. It's really, really boring. It's, it's like beautifully shot, but it's the perfect movie to fall asleep to. I don't think I know nothing about it. He wrote it too. He mm. wrote the screenplay and started in it himself. Rip. I know. Apple TV for you. Oh, we're going to censor that out. No ads. No. <laughs> oh, shit. I wasn't fast enough. I'm so, oh, bad. I'm so bad at censoring. Oh, oh God! Thank you, thank you for censoring me again. Censor me harder, Daddy. 
is what they said. They screamed to the sky. Uh, let's Do see. we have any more scream house? Yeah, let's see. That's a great short story you just read there. One of my personal favorites. The mm. very great commentary on society and how to play down to the lowest common denominator. Very spooky collar. Very legal. Let's see here. Let's see what this one does. You'll never guess who it is, man. It's their son, man. It's their son. The son that was taken from him by the government. Be careful. The government will take your son. <laughs> Give me back my son. I know the I know collar's trying to be spooky, but I don't know how. <laughs> Maybe maybe sometimes the truth is scarier than fiction. Yes, and stranger. Let's see here, episode sixty. I'm still trying to figure out this um this L.A. Times eugenicist founder. I'm I'm narrowing in on it. Uh, so why don't uh why don't you you know L.A. was all about the eugenics. I'll tell oh, you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, just a just a town built on all of the the naughtiest stuff. So naughty. The whole town was built on, you know, we got to get away from New York and the East Coast, and we got to go find a place in the middle of nowhere where we can be just where fucking we naughty. Be us. Yeah. We're going to name it after the Devil's Dick, Hollywood. Great. Oh, my God. The Devil's Dick. Dick. The Devil's Dick. Dick, dick, dick. Dick, dick, dick. dick. Devil's Dick. Oh God! Um, uh, should I tell him that this is a value for value production? Yeah, let's do it. Well, we are a value for value production, which means that we don't have any corporate sponsorship. We don't have any ads. We don't do any reads. You may have noticed that as we listen to our show. And the reason that we don't have any of that is because uh, one, it's lame, and two, uh, it censors us. And the only people that censor us are, are us, as you saw, who very censored me several times. Mm-hmm. But but that's our right. That's the right that we. That's the privilege that we share. And uh, nobody can come in and tell us what we can or can't talk about. And that's why we can talk about all the incredible topics that we've talked about this very evening and every other show. Uh, you can support us uh, if you like, and that is the way that this show stands itself. If you got value out of the show. Then you can return that value to us in a way that you see fit. Uh, you can send us a little uh, little voicemail if you call us six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. You can email us at booitbehindtheschemes.com or lavishitbehindtheschemes.com, and you can feed us information or ideas or conversations. And you can also find a podcasting two point compliant app, and you can boost us or you can send us. Uh, even PayPal donations. We've got all that stuff. Keeps the lights on, you know. And uh, that's how we operate around here, you know. It's value for value, baby. Whatever you want, you get. You get everything 
absolutely without a paywall. We hate paywalls. You can go to our show notes at zososcorner.substack.com. You can get to our chat room. You can get into uh, the, the shop. You can go to our website. Oh, my God. So many things. All available to you gratis. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 104, 140. Excuse me. That's a new set of digits right there. I love seeing that second one turn over. <laughs> yeah. Flippin'. But don't be so flippant, man. Don't be so flippant, man. Ah, Harry Chandler, publisher of the Los Angeles Times. It's a familiar name, Harry Chandler. Uh, in California, the Genesis uh, movement was led by figures such as William Starr Jordan, president of Stanford University, and Harry Chandler, publisher of the Los Angeles Times. Hmm. Yeah. Man, that's the thing about you, Genesis. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> There's so many of them. Oh, I just found a weird picture of him that I'll post in the chat of him wearing a sombrero with little Mexican children. Mmm. Very interesting. Doesn't sound uh, very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Progressive. Uh, yeah. Sounds conservative. That sounds racist. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, but check us out uh, next week. We'll be back here same time. I'm not sure what's uh, what we got on the docket. I don't know, but uh, happy President's Day to everybody. I hope you enjoy your Monday off. Uh, we uh, shout out to my favorite president, uh, uh, oh wait, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! I uh, got him. Got him. <laughs> I probably won't find one by the time next week rolls around. Until then, I've been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And go along, catch this frisbee. My name has been Lavish. Mother This is it, boys. This is war. Do you have rubbers? Gal, gal, gal. You're my family now. Oh, that's a little creepy. Hi, everybody. Quite honestly, I just want to make sure that I'm not the only one smelling this. Ancient Bill Hicks proverbs say, shut him up. This is easy. It was Tuesday. I don't think that's how science works, but I'll allow it. Come in the name of piss. You're our family now. Can I get a privilege check on aisle 33?